What's up, dudes? It's Vigorous Q&A. We're live. We got a boatload of questions already, uh, so let's get into it. I got a lot of questions on the YouTube uh, membership uh, page. So uh, let's keep going and uh, start with the question from D Higgs. Hey, Steve, I asked about high progesterone a few weeks ago to do uh, trimmel and acetate. His progesterone was 11 nanomoles per liter, which is, I think, three times out of the reference range. I think for men, I looked it up before we got started. Uh, I looked it up. I think the reference range for men is up to 3.18 nanomoles per liter. Um, oh, that's postmenopausal post or something else, right? <laughs> okay. So let's see. Wait, is that correct? Yeah, 3.18 nanomoles per liter. So that's three times out of the reference range. You suggested to drop a trimblone acetate that went 25 days to retest. I waited 30 and it's still seven nanomoles per liter. Prolactin and estradiol are good. I'm having erectile dysfunction, libido and gyno issues due to it. Possibly some insulin resistance issues also. Still currently on 500 tests, 500 masterone, struggling to cut. Any insights? Well, there could be a multitude of different things wrong, right? I mean, your progesterone levels are high, and if your trimbalone acetate has been out of your system for 30 days, I don't think that trestolone or trembolone is detecting as progesterone. But uh, keep in mind that trembolone has, what, a two-month, three-month detection time, so maybe there's some overlap there. Um, so yeah, it, it could be that the trembolone is still detecting as progesterone or that the progesterone that you're taking is not metabolizing into something else. I mean, when you look at the steroidogenesis pathways, you see that progesterone, let's see, it converts uh, or it, it's metabolized primarily in the liver through cytochrome P450 enzymes, 5-alpha reductase, 3-alpha hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase, and a couple hydroxylase enzymes. And um, maybe there's something going wrong there. But of course, it'll be hard to pinpoint based on the information that you gave me. So if you're taking some sort of pregnant alone supplements or anything that is progesterogenic, take that out. Um, see if you have an issue with metabolism. Maybe you need to supplement with nicotinamide mononucleotides or nicotinamide riboside, which are the building block for NAD+, which is usually the the electron donor in most of these enzymatic reactions that help with the metabolism of progesterone into something else and um you know so so and th this is where i would look uh, first or maybe you're taking something that is inhibiting some of these steps that would otherwise metabolize progesterone right i mean there could be a multitude of different things going on and if you have ed and and, um, and gyno issues um, it sounds like you're completely unregulated. You know, if you're struggling to cut, maybe you're uh, deficient in certain, uh, you know, micronutrients. Maybe your magnesium is off. Maybe your zinc is off. Maybe your vitamin B6, B5B is off, and thus your dopamine levels are too low. And now your prolactin levels are too high. And now you have libido issues and erectile dysfunction and gyno issues, uh, even though your prolactin might be in range on blood work. I think it's time for you to just throw in a towel. Go back on TRT. Watch that video. I'll link it down below when uh, steroids messed you up. Sometimes it's just time to throw in a towel and come off cold turkey. You know, it would be stupid to continue. Let's see. Uh, messed you up. You should give this video a watch. I go over most of the solutions, which uh, should be beneficial to you. Let's see. Live... There you go. Top one, refresh the page. That will be a video you should watch. And then you can maybe get some additional ideas on what's going on and how you need to fix it. But at this point in time, I would just tell you, come off everything, 
clean out, focus on your nutrition, focus on your micronutrients, make sure you get healthy again. And then usually with time, everything will kind of sort itself out, right? Because maybe you're on too much trend and too much masterone and too much testosterone. And then now you're all out of whack because you didn't pay attention to your health, you know, or your micronutrients and that kind of stuff. So yeah, sometimes you just gotta take, uh, you know, take note and then uh, move on. All right, next one, D-Lo. Microdosing NAD plus subcutaneous daily versus law uh, intravenous once per week. I think both can be done. Right? The reason why we do NAD plus intravenously is to um, make it go systemic and then do it through a slow drip. So you have 250 to 500 milliliters normal saline solution. And thus you absorb it systemically over the 40 minutes, 30 minutes that this IV administration is taking place. But of course, if you do subcutaneous administrations, low amounts, then you're also kind of slowing and blunting the absorption with um, you know prolonged secretion from the injection depot being subcutaneous, um, and it should sustain it for about 24 hours based on the peptide uh, you know peptide subcutaneous administrations that most people do. So I would say that it's doable. The problem is that it might have some pro-oxidant effects at the site of administration. That's why we do glutathione intravenously, vitamin C intravenously, and the plus intravenously they're very potent antioxidants but in high concentrations they might have some pro-oxidant effects um still i would go you know if you do sub q maybe you do like 25 milligrams nad plus sub q every single day 125 milligrams nad plus over the week 175 nad plus over the week and i think that's a very good intake for nad plus um yeah let us know how that goes maybe uh, you found out something new how do we join the YouTube club, right? Like down there, there's a join button. You click the, the join the $10 membership for the private vigorous Q&A. And then your um, username will look like Higgs, nice and green with a check mark. Oh, I see it green in my chat, but you have a little check mark here. And that means you're a member. And then you can basically ask uh, more questions during the week. Okay, let's uh, start answering some of the questions that I um, posted here. Oh, uh, what is this? I think I missed something. Uh, uh, uh. I missed something off this chat. Let me, I'm not sure if that's this one, even for the intermediates. Yeah, okay, one second. Guess I deleted too much. So we're going to answer the questions that were posted in the the thread and the YouTube membership section. Let's see. So all the way down to the bottom. Oh, here we are. Uh, so von Rusty Young 906 asks, Hello, sir. Insulin has a few side effects if used intelligently with your ebook and has enormous beneficial effects. Why is this a basic product that should be used in every cycle? Even for intermediate gear users, can this mean uh, using less gear for more or less similar results? Well, people are scared to do research and they've heard that insulin can kill, which it certainly can if abused, just like any other performance enhancing drug, it can uh, kill <laughs> if it's abused. Um, but insulin is more of a life-giving medication than most of the steroids that we give, right? You can be androgen deficient and still somewhat survive. I mean, look at the castrati, they live for years longer than most men do, albeit that the quality of life obviously is uh, not as substantial as men on TRT or uh, thence. 
some, but if you go without insulin, you're literally dead, uh, you know, within a couple of years. So uh, insulin is a very beneficial medication if you're type one, type two diabetic, and it can be a very beneficial uh, performance enhancing drug if you eat a boatload of food and your muscle mass is so large that um, you need increased delivery of nutrients, one of them being um, glucose, obviously, but also amino acids and electrolytes, right? You're basically, uh, long story short, to keep it simple, you're instructing the cell to open up, and now all the nutrients can go in. So if you eat a boatload of food, and, um, you know, you feel that the delivery of nutrients isn't fast enough because your pancreas is not producing enough insulin to keep up with this nutrient demand and nutrient intake, then you're supplementing the insulin that you're secreting from the pancreas in the form of a long-acting insulin or short-acting insulin or a combination of both, right? I mean, this is everything the ebook describes. Um, but, you know, you have to check your blood glucose multiple times per day and you have to, um, you know, be extra super careful with what you eat. So your diet needs to be squeaky clean, otherwise you just get fat. You can't miss meals um, and, and you can't fuck up if you're on Lantus, obviously, because it works for 24 hours. And if you... Um, you know, if you take some fast-acting insulin, then you really got to make sure that you have some Gatorade or coconut water or Pedialyte or something like that with you to make sure that you have enough electrolytes and enough uh, glucose on hand in case you go hypo. So that's uh, that's more cumbersome than most men are willing to commit to, <laughs> you know, and that's why most men are small. <laughs> it, it's that simple. I think insulin will, if you go on growth hormone and insulin and maybe igf1 lr3 a couple times per week if you can source a good quality um I, I think you can limit it to like 500 milligrams of steroids per week right but it doesn't sound sexy and nobody will believe you always on 500 test and and, and gh and insulin you know i wrote entire ebooks off it and men who follow these protocols for a couple of years after they've been released i see the pictures these guys are absolute freaks you know but you have to follow it meticulously and do the boring bodybuilding stuff eat your fucking meal do your fucking injections, go to the fucking gym and not miss any steps in that process, adding all of it up over years. And then you're big. And meanwhile, all the other guys are like, oh, insulin kills and insulin this, insulin that. And, you know, and, and those guys will end up small or with kidney disease or organ problems because they make those steroids and don't have much to show for it. So I believe in synergy between a multitude of different compounds, insulin being one of them. And um, I mean, I was like on 600 tests or what was it? Yeah, 650 milligrams of test, two ampules of testosterone per week and a good amount of insulin and a decent amount of growth hormone. I was 120 kilos, 118 kilos upon waking, 120 kilos at the end of the day. So, um, and guess what? My blood work was pretty fucking good on that protocol. All right, where is this? Oh, it posted it in the opposite order. Mm, great. Nice work. <laughs> nice work, YouTube. Okay, next question. Um, Kundalini Martini. <laughs> nice. Asks, hey, Steve, I've been cruising on 190 milligrams testosterone per week, 1.5 to 2 I use growth hormone, no T4, for 2.5 months, two and a half months. December blood work shows elevated thyroid stimulating hormone uh, with T3 and T4 in range. Could 1.2 to 2 IU of growth hormone be causing elevated TSH? Um, no, I would say that if your T3 and T4 are in range, then your thyroid stimulating hormones should uh, not be in range unless you have something like Hashimoto's disease, where, um, of course, T4 would be low, but thyroid stimulating hormone would be high. 
So let's see, uh, would adding 100 microgram C4 bring TSH levels down, allowing for a higher doses of growth hormone? I want to verify to understand the ebook's off-season protocol before I started ramping things up. I mean, it's worth looking into, right? I mean, we don't know, we don't know how high your uh, TSH is because you didn't mention that. So uh, adding in 100 micrograms of T4 is a worthy thing to try. Give that two weeks, four weeks, then do blood work again, see if your th thyroid stimulating hormone is still elevated. And then if you want, right, if TSH levels come down and everything is controlled, then you could slowly start ramping up your testosterone and growth hormone dosages and keep checking your blood work in the meantime, because obviously your lipids are going to change and your, you know, your metabolic markers, your creatinine, liver enzymes, uh, creatine phosphokinase, it's all training related and then protein intake related or creatine monohydrate related, right, all together. And um, if everything goes well, right, then you at least know that you know, at least you know that you as an individual, you need T4 in the picture when you take a little bit of growth hormone. And I don't think that you need more than 100 micrograms T4, even if you start ramping up the growth hormone, because there's a rate limiting response in how much deiodinase enzyme activity you can get, um, regardless of how much growth hormone you uh, take in. So, right, give that a try and see what uh, changes on your blood work. Let's see, next one. Sovian Rostian. Rostain. Hello, sir. For you, what type of person could benefit for use of insulin? What person, a type of person doesn't? Okay, so the, the guy that's very meticulous checks his blood glucose levels and eats a boatload of food. And then uh, through trial and error, you can start incorporating insulin later on when you have experience with your body, uh, when you're in a caloric deficit as well, right? In, in though, although in many cases it's not required, but it does help you to stay full. Um, you get basically more fullness for the same amount of calories that you take in, right? But your blood glucose levels at times might also be a little bit lower. So that's why you first need to introduce insulin in the off season so you can get uh, experience with insulin in a caloric surplus. Right, so it's only for the dedicated, I would say, only for the serious bodybuilders, the serious fitness enthusiasts that have everything dialed in, read that ebook front to back a couple times, and then understand the positive and negative uh, ramifications of using insulin and what they need to pay attention to. And then if you're well informed, then uh, insulin could be a game changer. Because it, again, it allows you to take half of the steroids for the same, if not more results. And there's no scientific evidence to back that up, but it's based on experience, right? <laughs> it's based on years of coaching experience. Let's see, uh, Jizz. All right, Jizz. <laughs> hey, Steve, I asked about, how, oh, okay, we just answered that. All right, this is the one we just answered, okay. Cool. Uh, Billy K asks, hey, coach, currently on TRT Plus, my DHA sulfate came out at 1.52 micrograms per milliliter. Normal range is 0.3 to 5.7 micrograms per milliliter. I started taking 25 milligrams DHA every morning and everything goes smooth. The sad thing is I can't test. Um, oh, why is, why is the ch channel messed up? I can't test pregnenolone, but I started with 10 milligrams per day. Tried morning and evening, but after two or three days of taking it in a row, I felt lethargic and unmotivated. Should I stop it or um, will it be fixed? I know, stop it and see if your motivation and, um, you know, lethargy goes away. Right? That's the easiest thing you can do. You take something out. If you feel that it's due to uh, pregnant alone, maybe your progesterone levels are high or, or maybe you get some sort of, um, you know, downstream effect of our pregnenolone converts into progesterone and then corticosteroids and aldosterone, making you, uh, you know, unmotivated of lethargic and one of these metabolites, basically. Um, so take it out. 
to see what happens, right? Maybe DHEA is more than sufficient for you. Some men respond very well to pregnenolone and other men don't. And the only real way of knowing that is uh, with blood work and, and experimentation. And again, if you can't check your pregnenolone levels, which I'm sure will be higher than they were before uh, pregnenolone supplementation, take it out. See how you feel. And maybe it will take two to three days before you feel normal again, right? So maybe that's it. Or maybe the DHEA is making you a little bit uh, lethargic and unmotivated, which is also a common side effect. Or, you know, that has some sort of uh, sedating effect. Um, that's also a common side effect of DHEA. Maybe you should take the full dose of 25 milligrams DHEA in the evening instead of in the morning, right? You're taking 25 milligrams DHEA in the morning. Maybe move that to the evening. Take the pregnenolone out and see what happens. Right, you just gotta make some adjustments until everything goes smooth again. Next one, Filippo's Jim seventy five ninety seven asks, "Hey Steve, is there any proof uh, by now that Cimax causes hair loss?" Uh, yes, indirectly. I'll link the studies down below. Or is it a Reddit myth? Well, a lot of things on Reddit are myths. <laughs> That's why these guys are on Reddit and don't have their own YouTube channel. Uh, because I got myself some injectable Cimax and I'm struggling with it now because. I'm worried about my hair. All right, so I'll link you a study. PubMed, let's go there. That's the easiest way to get these studies. BDNF, hair loss. Oh, man, there's like multiple. Uh, 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 uh. Which one is it? Well, there's actually quite a few. There's 117 studies. <laughs> uh, what? There was one effect where it causes some sort of hair follicle. Let's see. Hair follicle miniaturization follicle. Let me see if I can find it. Hmm. Well, there's actually more studies than I thought. I th didn't I link this study in the Cimax videos or the Cerebral license videos? Now, let me make a note here. Find BDN, BDNF and hair loss studies. I could have sworn that I linked one of these studies either under the Cerebral license video or under the Cimax videos. Um, so what I'll do is after we're done, uh, since the notes are right there, I'll, uh, I'll go through PubMed and find you a couple studies that show that uh, a brain-derived neurotropic factor can cause some sort of hair follicle miniaturization, um, if I remember correctly. And that is the pathway in which um, Cimax can uh, cause hair loss because it, of course, increases BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, in the brain, especially if you take the nasal spray, it goes straight into the brainstem. And then uh, BDNF goes up and then it starts leaking, you know, until a hair follicle and um, goes systemic, goes to the hair follicle and then you get some miniaturization and there you go bald, right? I mean, there's this uh, old wife still that, um, you know, uh, uh, smart men are usually bald and that was then proven with science because smart men usually have higher levels of BDNF and BDNF has a negative effect on the hair follicle. So that is the, the relation. There's some scientific evidence to back that up. So now you're going to have to make the choice, you know, do you want to be uh, uh, bald and smart or with hair and, and maybe allegedly a little bit more sexy and a little bit more appealing?
it's probably better just to be appealing because then you can, uh, you know, reproduce. And if you're smart, you're probably annoyed with everything that's going on in the planet right now. And then you don't feel like reproducing. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Choices. Um, Marco Marcel asked, Hey, Steve, uh, can you inject ATG same day with TRT injections or should it be on a separate day? 500 IOs every other day while on TRT, then a thousand IOs until serums therapy. Um, well, what are you asking? Do you want to do TRT or CIRMS? What's the what's the plan, Marco? It doesn't fucking make sense. You either do TRT or CIRMS for pulse cycle therapy, right? I don't. I, again, I'm not a big fan of Clomid, uh, but there will be these token outliers out there that don't want to inject. Right? We save the clomiphene and the clomid for the oral only cycles. Right? That's another corner of the internet. Um, not here. So what about it? what I would do is uh, three shots of TRT per week, and in between those shots, you take um, aroma of uh, HEG, and then aromacin with your testosterone shots because that, that seems to have the same uh, tapering effect. So uh, let's say you do a testosterone, right? Fifty milligrams, seventy-five milligrams Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Seventy-five milligrams is a little bit more than TRT, but fifty milligrams still TRT approved, and then you take your uh, HEG. 500 IUs uh, Tuesday, Thursday, uh, Saturday, which is usually what I recommend in the cookie cutter HRT protocols. Um, and then, of course, if you want to do 1,000 IUs HCG, um, that's what I am on, then I don't think you need TRT. My testosterone levels are right now 820 nanograms per milliliter. Yeah, pretty fucking good. I'll tell you that. All right, next one, Marco. Uh, also asks, my wife has uh, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and she has irregular menstrual cycle. Any tips? Uh, if you have, she isn't on any PEDs. Uh, no, I do not. No, I don't know anything about PCOS. My wife has never experienced PCOS. Um, so I, uh, I, I never had the need to investigate that. And for all the women that have coached over the years, when I was still coaching bikini and uh, figure and, and wellness, um you know athletes uh, none of them had pcos so i never really looked into it um but i'm sure there will be some youtube channel about pcos and then uh yeah i'm sure they'll have a solution for your wife there so sorry i can't help there i know a lot about steroids uh but i don't know anything about pcos oscar welcome to the group dude what's up ask your questions all right we're gonna start scrolling a little bit all right, Iron Grid is in the chat. Be careful of Iron Grid. He, uh, he's got the ban hammer on you. I uh, hope you had an awesome new year. I have a question. You once mentioned a compound that could shuttle hormones out of the body if you injected something. What was it again? Uh, calcium diglucaride? Maybe it helps with glucuronidation. Or, uh, I mean, there's so many compounds that can speed up metabolism, right? You have St. John's wort, modafinil can speed up or, or increase cytochrome B450, 3A4 enzyme activity. And thus all the, you know, medications that go through CYP3A4 uh, could potentially increase the metabolism thereof. Um, something you could recommend in regards to contest prep. Hmm. I think it's calcium deglucarate. If you're talking about beating the drug test, it's probably calcium deglucarate and casein protein, which inhibits a hydrolyzed casein protein, which inhibits the glucuronidase enzymes, which cleave off glucuronidite from the parent hormone that is marked for excretion, and thus it gets recycled. So you take calcium, um, casein, <laughs> hydrolyzed casein, um, let's say 10 grams morning and evening, 
to inhibit these enzymes that cause the recycling and thus all the metabolites get excreted or at least the glucuronidated, the, the enzymes that underwent glucuronidation, right? Too many, too much glucuronidation uh, variants. Um, so those are excreted and then you supplement with calcium deglucurate to make sure that the glucurate, uh, glucuronidation process, <laughs> fucking hell, dude. What a tongue twister. These fuckers, how they come with these words? Um, anyway, so you take calcium deglucurate, maybe 2,000, 3,000 milligrams per day to um, make sure that you have enough glucuronidate to um, metabolize these hormones from your body. Yeah. All right, next one, Oscar. Hey, Steve, uh, if I want an off-season stack and focus on as much mass as possible, how would you describe it between test, bold, and deca? Maybe add anadrol the last four weeks. Also, first question here. Well, first, you got to eat. It's not about the drugs. It's not about that you can use any fucking drug you want, but it's it. you have to eat. It, it's that simple. And uh, what you just presented to me, boldenone has potential negative effect on your kidneys, which you might be able to, you know, mitigate with uh, blood pressure medication, v vitamin C or other. Antioxidants, right? I have two videos about boldenone kidney uh, health. Deca can cause all kinds of issues with aromatization. So you have a roller coaster of estrogen, high blood pressure, moon face, right? And nobody wants to fuck you in the off season when you're on Deca because you also have Deca dick. And right? prolactin levels are high. So you, you're unfuckable cosmetically and your dick is unfuckable because you can't get it up, right? Just the worst possible side effects that can happen. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. And then anadrol can exacerbate the gyno that you might get from uh, DECA as well. So how about you do this? Test GH insulin and a boatload of food. It's, it's that simple. It's that simple. And then if you want to close off the off season, do it with anadrol. If you want to have a little bit of joint support, 100, 200 milligrams of anadrol on top of whatever testosterone you take, goes a very long way. And if you don't want to use an aromatized inhibitor, you take test and boldenone in a one-to-one -one ratio, even though I'm, you know, I think you would get better results from test and primo with less uh, kidney toxicity, albeit that the same studies that have been performed with boldenone um, regarding kidney toxicity have not been performed on primobolin. So you can say uh, primobolin is not ne um, nephrotoxic, but there's no fucking evidence <laughs> to show that it's not inducing um, kidney issues. I think all steroids are nephrotoxic and neurotoxic. Um, it just depends on what studies you read and the, 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 if the studies have even been performed at all. So long story short, um, buy the bioidentical um, or off-season cycles with bioidentical uh, hormones and uh, piece it together there. Uh, but the foundation of your off-season is just eat. Eat like it's your fucking job. Eat to the point you're afraid of getting non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Yeah. All right, here we go. Hello, Steve. In all of your research, have you ever come across any compelling actual evidence that cancer can be treated through um, metabolic means like diet or fasting? If so, uh, what do you know? Uh, no, I, I can't say that I've studied cancer that extensively. I know, of course, with carterine studies, uh, I've read those, right, that, that cancer can uh, occur in, what was it, uh, something plus minus mice, which are basically susceptible to developing colorectal cancer. So uh, Carterine was uh, able to give them colorectal cancer, even though they were susceptible to colorectal cancer. Um, 
Right? And, and I'm doing a little bit of a deep dive on BPC-157 now. And even though there's no scientific evidence that BPC-157 can cause cancer, right? 182 studies that you can find on BPC-157 uh, doesn't really show that there's any cancer link. But if you do the, you know, the calculations in your calculator, your invisible calculator, based on the scientific evidence that you read and you understand how cancer works and forms, then you realize that the angiogenesis is probably not the best scenario for for cancer if it's already present plus bbc 157 seems to increase uh, growth hormone receptor density and response to growth hormone in fibroblasts in the connective tissue so um if you extrapolate that to cancer which also has uh, growth hormone receptors then it would also not be a good idea so right a, a cancer is highly contextual i haven't looked into it um in, in the context of diet and fasting, uh, of course, it's all the craze now, right? We want to create autophagy and we want to be in a low inflammatory diet and high antioxidants and all that kind of stuff. And I don't think it can hurt. I don't think that if you focus on your diet and you do the occasional fast, which is basically what I do, that it's going to hurt your chances of um, uh, not getting cancer, right? That's double negative. Is that correct? Yeah, I think if you eat healthy and do an occasional fast every three months, which is what I do, five and a half days, but I'm tired of making before and after videos, uh, so I just don't do that anymore. I have plenty of before and after fasting videos on my YouTube channel. Um, I think your uh, chances of developing cancer are diminished because cancer is something that occurs in high inflammatory states and high uh, pro-oxidant states, and that seems to be not the case if you just treat your body right. And then, of course, if you hit the genetic lottery and you're fucked, then you might still develop cancer. Um, but if you have cancer, uh, diet and fasting would be one of the things I would explore looking into, but not the only thing, right? I mean, intravenous vitamin C therapy, um, you know, what is it called? Uh, uh, you know, alkaline diets, all that kind of stuff, right? There's a multitude of things you can uh, explore, but... You know, I, I don't think that you can solely treat cancer with diet and fasting, right? But if, if I had cancer, I would fucking stop eating. Yeah, I would fucking fast it off and kill all the glucose because that's one of the primary energy sources that most cancers feeds on, but not all. Right? First, you have to diagnose the kind of cancer it is so you can, you know, take affirmative action. All right, I hope that answers it. Elliot, my TSH is listed down below. All right uh blood draw three okay so free t3 is high direct free t3 is uh also normal tsh7 holy shit igf1 is 541 okay uh i would recommend you to do an ultrasound on your pituitary gland because for the for your thyroid hormones to look like this, your TSH levels being like almost twice out of range. Um, I, I would discuss this with a medical professional because this shouldn't be the case. This sh definitely should not be the case. So um, do an ultrasound or an MRI in your pituitary, maybe an ultrasound on your thyroid gland and then take it from there. Um, yeah, I would, I would defer you with these numbers. I would defer you to a specialist. Now, I thought you said hi, maybe like uh, two and a half. Because now there, there was a movement uh, that you keep your TSH levels as low as possible, which I'm not for. I don't think that's necessary, but this is, yeah, high. So seek some medical attention, please. Brat's Toys, not Blastoids, but Brat's Toys. 
Is 12.5 milligrams Dianabol a, a day too low? I'm using subcutaneous 40 milligrams testosterone and 40 milligrams Primo a day on top. So that's how much per week? 40 times 7, 210? Oh, four, two, 7. All right, 280. All right, 280 times 2. And then, so that's you're taking 560 milligrams test in Primo. And the 12.5 times 7. Uh, it's 87.5 milligrams a week. I don't think that's too low, but you might still get um, unwarranted methyl estradiol effects because, of course, if you inject testosterone and inject Primo, keep in mind that your intestinal tract also has aromatized enzymes. So a, a good portion of that Dianabol can metabolize into uh, methyl estradiol in the intestinal tract before it can hit an aromatized enzyme that's uh, blocked by Primobolin. So you might need to uh, take a little bit of an aromatized uh, inhibitor with your Dianabol or, or um, right, to kind of offset the ratio of testosterone to primobolin, but you're, then you still have to deal with the methyl estradiol. So how about this? How about you uh, skip the D-ball and go to Anivar? Right? Skip the D-ball or go to Terinabol. I think 10 milligrams, 50 milligrams, 20 milligrams is more than enough on this cycle. Um, but of course, it's up to you if you want to bump it up higher, right? I mean, give it a try for a while. Check your estradiol levels. See if you develop kyno. See if you uh, develop a moon phase and high blood pressure. Mitigate side effects. And then after your um, trial run of, uh, you know, half a tab of the Anibal, uh, or, or it's probably a 25 milligram tablet, right? So you, you try your trial run, and then you compare that to, to Terinabol or Anivar, whatever you can get your hands on, and then see what you like more. And you probably come to the same conclusion that Test, Primo, and Anivar are the only fucking steroids that you need. And the Dianabol is a fun thing to try, but, you know, try it once. It's like fucking a six, you know? Try it once when you're drunk. Okay, cool. But, you know, if you can uh, fuck eights, nines, tens when you're sober, that will be better, right? So that's the that's the difference between Dianabol and Anivar. <laughs> Ryan, how do I lower uh, my ADH safely besides hydration? Is that aldosterone? ADH abbreviation. Is that aldosterone? Antidiuretic hormone. All right, my bad. My bad. Attention deficit hyper, uh, hyperactivity and forgot the D because my ADD is so bad. <laughs> How do I lower my antidiuretic hormone safely besides hydration? Uh, sodium intake. Yeah. Slowly start ramping up your sodium, and you'll see that your antidiuretic hormone, your aldosterone levels, uh, will slowly come down. Right, but you can't do it too fast because otherwise you get this, um, you know, uh, this retentive effect. So if you're taking gram sodium in now, maybe go to 1.25 um, grams of sodium per day on top of whatever else you're getting from your diet. Slowly start building it up. Slowly start building it up. Right, and then you'll see that you'll end up at three grams, four grams of sodium. You'll get crazy pumps. You don't really hold that much water. Maybe a little bit at the end of the day, but big fucking deal. You know, I mean, it's as long as you wake up lean and dry, then you're good. I just stay away from riptropin or any of these uh, generic uh, growth hormones that uh, might contain antidiuretic hormone. <laughs> and I haven't used generics in ages, so um, yeah. All right, Elliot says, thanks. I give 100 micrograms a go and check blood work again a month. Okay, that's the way to go, Elliot. Blood work every single month. Eastern E. Hey, Steve, do you STI? What is that? STI. Oh, you asked it. 
S-T-I, meaning. All right, let's see. Sexual transmitted infections. <laughs> no. Dude, I've been, I've been with my wife for 10 years. <laughs> We've been married for, uh, let's say, eight, yeah, eight years. No. <laughs> no, we tested. I did a five panel. She did a five panel before we ever had sex. We never had to use condoms. Uh, of course, those panels were negative, right? And uh, so, no, no STIs, no sex, sexually transmitted infections for me. All right. Chase Hobbs, I got Tyan Clark as my coach because of your podcast with him. All right. Tyan, you owe me 20 bucks. <laughs> I think we're due for another uh, collaboration, but I got so many other guys uh, lined up that uh, Tyan is going to have to wait. Yeah, but I would love to get him on again. I think he discovered some new stuff, and I told him to make a video about it. But, you know, uh, Tyan, he's uh, too complacent when it comes to YouTube. So uh, if you're watching this, I'm sure one of the one of the, the Netherlands only crew will send this uh, little snippet to him. Tyan... Get off your lazy ass and make that fucking video, okay? Yeah, take the credit. All right, where are we? Uh, hey, Stefan. Jesus Christ. That was Stefan with a PH. But let's just do Steve, right? I don't really identify as the, the guy. Uh, formerly, the, the artist formerly known as uh, Stefan. Don't really identify as that guy anymore. I just finished using LR3 as per your gut reset video. Okay. I'm about to start oral BPC-157. Do you think there's any issue taking seed probiotics along with BPC-157 on empty stomach in the morning? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because, of course, you kind of killed all of your good microbiome bacteria with LL37. It's an antimicrobial uh, peptide that's bioidentical. That's why I recommend it in the gut reset video. Very potent, very beneficial. And BBC157 is very good to heal your intestinal tract. If you combine that with uh, probiotics, it can be seed, can be anything, really. Um, and, and maybe glutamine, right? Depending on how bad your uh, intestinal tract was. The funny, so I, I read all of the 180 papers uh, performed on uh, BPC157. I'm almost done preparing for that video. It will be a while before that's ready. Because um, I have to record it and the editor already has a lot of other videos he needs to edit first. So at one point there will be a BPC157 deep dive. Fingers crossed it does as well as the statin gene therapy deep dive. Because I keep seeing BPC157. So if I see a demand for it, I'll make a deep dive for it. Anyway, uh, long story short, um, BBC 157 is great in the context of healing injuries. And the only thing it can really prevent is issues with your intestinal tract. Now, you already did the LR37 um, and, and you got your probiotics in place. Um, so, yeah, I would take it off maybe 250 micrograms BBC 157 morning and evening with seed probiotics. And, uh, and then have some glutamine, um, you know, before cardio or pre-workout, post-workout. And then eat uh, a healthy diet full with um, kimchi, sauerkraut, maybe some sushi here and there, some raw foods, and then slowly repopulate your gut microbiome. And if you feel that the LL37 or, or you know, whatever else, the, the issues with your gut kind of mess with your neurotransmitter synthesis, watch the Entrepreneur Deep Dive video series. Uh, part two, four chapters, right? Where I go into the neurotransmitter precursors because right, if you overdo the antibiotics, you kind of shut down dopamine production or reduce that, really shut down serotonin production, which is produced primarily in the intestinal tract, but also in the brain. So if you feel off, right? Start supplementing with a little bit of L-tyrosine and uh, L-tryptophan or 5-HTP and, uh, and, and, and glutamine will help with glutamate levels. And then uh, everything will kind of balance itself out. Slowly but surely. All right. Uh, uh, uh. 
Tree Blaster. I'm a little bit behind on the chat, guys, but many questions to get through. I have, uh, is that, uh, oh yeah, that's high Elon Musk. Everybody loves high Elon Musk. Okay. I have 2.5 milligrams of Manjaro pens left. How should I use them for fat loss? Fasting or low calories for two weeks? Any recommendations on what to run alongside besides what you listed in the Manjaro videos? Um, well, two weeks, you know, low calories is a bit extreme. I would do something that's more sustainable. I would start with 0 0.25 milligrams Munjaro uh, maybe three times a week and then start dieting. And once you start noticing that your appetite comes up, then you increase the dose to 0 0.5 milligrams or one milligram three times per week, right? So uh, if you have multiple pens, then you probably have enough for a couple of weeks, right? And, and keep in mind that, you know, fasting is a good start of the diet. Right, to kind of get your insulin sensitivity off and really get you in this fat loss moment. So you fast for a couple of days, how long you can stomach, and then you start your Manjaro right at the start, obviously. And then you take a low dose Manjaro just to control your appetite. Because, you know, it, it you need to make sure that you get enough protein in your diet. You need to make sure that you get enough micronutrients in your diet. You need to make sure that you don't get fucking nauseous when you go to the gym. I mean, if you Megadose of Munjaro, any uh, glucagon-like peptide 1 receptor agonist, and you do um, heavy leg press, right? uh, stiff-legged deadlifts, uh, glute bridges, reverse hyperextensions, regular hyperextensions, anything that puts pressure on your stomach, uh, vomit comet. Yeah, vomit comet. Man, I, I remember the first time I ran lyroglutide at one milligram three times a week. Or no, that was uh, terzepidide, sorry. Terzepidide, one milligrams three times per week. And then I did reverse hyperextensions with the full stack. So that's, uh, what is it? Let's say two and a half plates, five plates, five whole plates. And then you start swinging and the reverse hyper is really starting to dig into your stomach. Oh my God, dude. When I came off of that, I felt like violated. Yeah, <laughs> both ends. So build it up slow, make it last. Don't overdo it so you can still eat. And, and then make sure you eat very nutritious food so you can, uh, you know, have a successful outcome of your diet. William, does RU, a local zip code, actually work for hair loss on Tess and DECA? Uh, well, it blocks the androgen receptors, right, on your scalp. So um, I've heard a lot of good anecdotal reports that RU, uh, your uh, PIN number, is uh, actually successful, right? And, and DECA is reasonably hair safe, but of course the testosterone will convert into dihydrotestosterone and testosterone allegedly by itself can also induce hair loss. So uh, I think it's something worth exploring. Unfortunately, I don't really have much experience with RU, uh, whatever the number is, uh, because uh, the hair loss uh, that I have is self-induced and it's not really something um, I can gain experience on because I don't really care, right? So, yeah. Good luck. But there's there's plenty of videos on RU on the YouTube. So uh, I, I'm sure Derek has a video on it. And otherwise, uh, ask Ty and Clark. I'm sure he has an article in his uh, private membership uh, Facebook group as well. Oscar, the food is totally fine. I did a comp five weeks ago. The thing is money is not great. Hence the boulder instead of Primo. Not really in the place to buy GH. I thought I'd ramp up the steroids. Yeah, so but that's, that's the way you get unhealthy faster. Right? So I would allocate a little bit of your budget towards growth hormone and allocate a little bit of budget to a low dose of insulin, right? I have an ebook for that. Uh, of course, it's a hundred dollars. Let's say it's a lot of your budget is going away. So if you want to do a budget cycle, uh, which I have a video about upcoming, uh, test boldenone, that's probably the cheapest you can do. And it may be a low dose of uh, nandrolone alongside of that for joint lubrication. But then again, uh, eat a lot of food.
And then you'll you'll be surprised if you treat eating like a job that you don't really need that much steroids. If you have a little bit of GH and a little bit of insulin in the picture. Currently on 150 milligrams testosterone until mid-February. All right. So after Valentine's Day, it's go time. Also a duchy. Ah, fuck. Get out of the chat, dude. Uh, all right. Oscar, you don't have to start telling your entire life story. <laughs> There's other people in the chat also. All right. Uh, oh, here's the question. Too much caber and AI. Uh, I think I crashed my estradiol prolactin. Very depressed, bad anxiety, no libido. Started taking D-ball. Okay, this is so. This is how you fuck yourself up. This is how you fuck yourself up, right? You take too much of this, then you self-diagnose that you think you have low estradiol and prolactin. You didn't do blood work. Then you overcompensate with a high dose deanabol, which doesn't give you bioidentical estradiol. You give yourself a methyl estradiol, which doesn't fulfill the same physiological effects. Um, you stop the AI and caber, which is at least good. And you started taking ACG three times a week, which is also good. But I would take the Deanibal out and uh, and watch the top video that I just posted because you um, mess yourself up with steroids overdoing stuff or mess yourself up with ancillaries in this case. And, uh, you know, taking one thing too high and then take another thing too high, that's just going to send you to a roller coaster of fuck up. So chill the fuck out. TRT, HCG, wait. Just wait, wait, take, take the loss, wait, ride it out. You'll feel better in a couple of weeks without going. I mean, I try to coach people sometimes that go through this roller coaster of this and that, and they, they throw the entire kitchen sink at it and then, and they really fuck themselves up. Right. And it doesn't matter how many, how many times I make a video about that, like steroids messed you up or drugs messed you up and you need to do this. People will be people. And, uh, yeah, mistakes will be made. So chill out. Come off, chill out. It will sort itself out. Polyethylene glycol is a solvent. As far as I know, Sony wouldn't recommend. Yes, that's true. As polyethylene glycol is a, a fucking poison. I would stay away from that. Alexander Carrera, have you heard of GC1? Any benefits for people with thyroid issues? Yes, I've uh, heard of GC1. I've used it. I did research on it. And I will tell you firsthand that it doesn't do jack shit. <laughs> it doesn't do jack shit. And I've seen some anecdotal reports like, oh, this is the best thing and it works. It works. Where's the fucking blood work? Show me that it had some sort of, uh, you know, modulatory change on your thyroid parameters, which to this day I haven't seen. So uh, it looks promising in the, how many studies is it now? Sobiterome? Let me see. GC1 Sobiterome, if I spell that correctly. Man, how do you fucking spell this shit? Sobiterome, all right. Let's see how many studies are there now in PubMed. It's been a while. I think it's been over a year. Oh, 101 st 106 studies. Holy moly. Well, they did a better job than before. Yeah, look promising, but I've, I've never seen anything in the real world playing out that it's more beneficial to thyroid hormones or beneficial for people with thyroid issues. Then again, I'm not a doctor and I don't research medical conditions. I research stuff. Uh, in the context of performance enhancing, uh, quality of life enhancing, uh, cognitive enhancing. Um, right? That's why we have doctors who should research medical conditions. 
I'm, I'm trying to prevent medical conditions, <laughs> not fix them. Uh, my friend has been using RU and has been uh, having a lot of new hair growth. Okay, so that's blocking the androgen receptor. She had a hysterectomy and lost a lot of hair. Yeah, so it does work. So it is one of those things that actually does work. A lot of anecdotal reports that RU, um, well, whatever the number is, works for people in various conditions. But then with GC1, um, again, I haven't heard anybody that isn't sponsored by a gray area peptide website XYZ that used it that had a good anecdotal response. So, yeah, some work, some don't. It's kind of like that follow-satin gene therapy, right? The A031 and the A038 or A3. I mean, all you guys are asking about it. Thanks for all the views. Looks very promising on paper, but nobody wants to donate $100,000 to me so I can run that experiment. Plus, the highest concentration of uh, ACE083 I was able to find was like 5 milligrams per vial, but you need to inject... 240 milligrams bilaterally. So how many vials do I need to reconstitute for a single administration? I mean, no. Any thoughts on Cialis causing permanent vision loss? Never heard of that. Um, are we mistaking Cialis for selective estrogen receptor modulators or the SARM-S4? Cialis, vision loss. Vision loss. Is it, uh, ah, here we go. Actually, there's uh, the UBC pub, uh, Faculty of Medicine. I did not know about this. A study performed in JAMA. Uh, is it one study? All right, one study showed it. Well, you know, when a lot of men use, you know, medications at one point in time, somebody will experience adverse effects. And of course, everything can cause adverse effects, right? Especially medications that have been on market for a very long time. So um, I did not know about this. I will have to read the study. I'll link it down below. I think it's only one study. Um, but based on all the people that I've talked to over the years running Cialis uh, with great success, <laughs> Uh, I've talked to many. I've used Cialis for like years on end, uh, five milligrams, 10 milligrams per day. Uh, I didn't, uh, did not experience any vision uh, loss, neither did I uh, ever talk to anybody who experienced vision loss or had that as a side effect um, on Cialis. Uh, I will say that Cialis, uh, of course, with the erectile quality and having a nicely uh, thick, constricted penis makes you come very hard. And as uh, most men who know how to come very hard will testify, uh, that will give you temporary vision loss also. And then probably see some stars and you don't know where the fuck you are. So yeah, you get uh, some outer body experience, um, but that usually subsides after uh, you catch your breath again. Yeah, very enjoyable. Austin, big fat super chat. Have you heard of bodybuilding getting uh, atrial fibrillation from using androgens? Or have you heard of anybody fixing the problem? Yeah, it's uh, it's actually more common than you think. But atrial fibrillation is also common with athletes. It's just a part of athletes' heart. So uh, watch the heart videos that I've made. I'll link them down below, man. Everything I have a video about, right? Uh, I mean, hearts. Oh, not here. Heart. How many videos in the heart do I have? Endurance drugs, heart attacks. Jesus Christ. Oh, a lot of heart videos. 
how not to die from bodybuilding. I have a 52 minute video about heart health. Let's, uh, let's link that one down below. Oh, it's so skinny here. <laughs> All right. Second from the bottom, uh, long story short, um, atrial fibrillation or, or arrhythmias, uh, magnesium deficiency is very common or related to vitamin D3 and uh, vitamin K deficiencies. Uh, just overall electrolytes, uh, you know, in, uh, inconsistent intake and then maybe taurine, right? And lay off all the fucking stimulants. It doesn't help either. So taurine, magnesium, uh, proper electrolyte balance, proper hydration, ubiquinol, very potent. Maybe you combine ubiquinol, PQQ, perolo, quinoline, quinone, uh, 20 milligrams two times per day. And then you combine that with legit fulvic acid, which helps with the absorption of ubiquinol and other micronutrients. So that will be a very heart healthy uh, stack. And then hopefully with time, you can uh, kind of uh, get those atrial fibrillations uh, out of control. It's not only from androgens, it's just you know, from training heart, training to failure, high epinephrine, high norepinephrine levels. Maybe you need to take a beta blocker, propanolol, atanolol, nabivolol. I mean, it, there's a multitude of ways to get this done. Um, but you'll be surprised how many guys have this issue and they can fix this issue with taurine, magnesium, ubiquinol. And then later on, if you need it, I mean, that's what the beta blockers and the medications are there for, right? Right. So, but we also have imaging you can do frequently, right? Uh, even an EKG, uh, just a, a basic electrocardiogram is already enough to kind of detect if you have any atrial fibrillation from what I remember. Is that correct? Let me, let me double check that atrial fibrillation EKG. Uh, yeah, atrial flutter, atrial fibrillation. Yeah, so with an EKG, you can already detect that or ECG. And that, that literally takes you five minutes to uh, assess. Uh, let's see if I don't forget any member questions. Carlos, appreciate the answer. Love the nootropics video. So Max versus Nupath versus Rebalast versus Respawn for reading and retaining information. What would you take if you were back at uni and had budget for those? Um, I would definitely take a Respawn for presentations. Uh, I mean, I'm giving a presentation right now, right? So I always take Respawn before I do these presentations. I would take a combination of Samax and Nupath's in the morning for studying right the brain real brain work so you do your you know you you wake up you get all of your most important work uh, of the day done samax and up for that and then cerebral lesson for uh, before bed so uh of course samax will give you neurogenesis nupept will give you neurogenesis cerebral lesson will give you neurogenesis and uh you would cycle those in and out so maybe you do one month samax and nupept and then maybe one month cerebralycin or, or all at the same time and then kind of seeing which ones you want to discontinue. Uh, and respawn, you can just use as needed, right? It's not something you would take every day. But if you have something uh, important that you need to be focused for and also feel good for, because again, a respawn is a formula for feeling good, but also being uh, cognitive and productive, then um, uh, that's what I would do it for. So I would take it maybe two or three times a week and then cerebralycin, I would take cycles of a month or two months on, and then seven to max, one month on, two months on, and then one or two months off. To have a new pep, you would cycle it in or out. So, um, yeah, man, if I, if I had those in uni, I would probably pay a lot more attention in university. Man, university was so fucking boring, dude. I couldn't wait to get out of class and go to the gym. <laughs> 
Uh, how can I get blood work in New York City? I'm turning 18 soon and always feel tired and no matter how much I sleep, I'm scared to drive due to tiredness. Okay. Uh, I would just go to the doctor and ask for referral, explain your problem and also explain what your diet is and also explain how much you're drinking and also explain everything else that you're doing, right? And then ask for full blood work. And, and I'm, I'm not sure what the age needs to be for blood work in the United States or if you can pay it out of pocket, but why don't you send Merrick Health an email? You know, ask them, said, listen, I'm 18, this is my problem. Do you have a place to do blood work in New York City? Can, I, can you write me a referral? They might be able to help. You know, I've got the link for Merrick Health down below. And, and, and depending on what they say, they might give you some recommendations for blood work initially and then discuss it with their, one of their patient care coordinators if you can't find a reliable doctor in New York City to help you out, right? I mean, the internet is vast and just because you can't find a guy locally doesn't mean you can't find a knowledgeable guy on the internet that's affordable. So, and I mean, it could be tiredness, 18 years old, it could be a million different things wrong. So, um, right, I mean, I can't really piece it together for you over the internet. So maybe seek some professional advice and then slowly go through the process to get yourself untired and get yourself feeling 18 where you want to fuck everything that moves. Well, at least eights, not sixes. Don't do that. And have some fucking respect for your dick. All right. Okay, we went through everything. Now I can get to cherry pick some questions. Did I miss one? No, this one I got. Do serum shrink the prostate? So I, I read through all the serum studies, all hundreds. I know uh, there's a serums video dropping next week. Uh, it's finally finished. That's so maybe Monday. Maybe it will drop. All the citations are there. And I read through all the studies in, in one or two days. And basically, long story short, um, in all contexts where SARMs shrink the prostate, it's because <laughs> they castrated those rats in part, as part of the Hershberger bioassays, uh, right? Where they start comparing SARMs to the reference standard of testosterone propionate. So yeah, of course it's going to shrink the prostate because you're testosterone and estrogen deficient and, and diet testosterone deficient. So it doesn't grow the prostate and thus it's selective. No, no, you stupid fuck. There's no testosterone in the picture, right? So, and, and, and even the, you know, SARMs when they administered 0 0.1, 0 0.3, 0 0.5 milligrams per kilogram of body weight, that's significantly less compared to the two to four milligrams of testosterone propionate that they might comparing it to as a reference standard. So, um, I mean, you guys watch Fist of the North Star at the opening scene of the movie where the guy just starts poking holes into Kinshiro's chest. It's like, if you want to do the SARMS analysis, you can use all four fingers and just right into the abdomen. Yeah. For all the SARM goblins out there, you will not like the SARMS video. I promise you. If you want to shrink the prostate, do an oral only cycle, shut yourself down or take a megadose tryptorellin or butoglitamide. What is it called? Butoglitamide. I can't remember what it's called. There's one medication which basically blocks all the androgen receptors. Brutal. What do you think about urolithylene A? It helps with mitochondrial health and uh, mitophagy. You mean uh, the, the growth of new uh, 
<laughs> mitochondria. Uh, I think your your lithium A uh, studies are greatly exaggerated. Yeah, I don't think it does shit. Uh, you know, another supplement that looks very promising on paper. But I really, I really see anecdotal reports where they say, "Oh, your lithium aid was life changing," and that's why I didn't include it in the mitochondrial, um, you know, deep dive video. I think uh, nicotinamide mononucleotides or or NAD plus or uh, ubiquinol, right? MOTC, I think that's more than enough uh, things to look into for mitochondrial health and functioning. Uh, 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 all right. Start scrolling up a bit. London sent a super chat. Really? Where is it? London. <sighs> Sorry, sometimes this chat resets and then I miss something. Did he? God, fucking StreamYard. Where is it? I don't see a super chat. Oh, let me scroll down all the way down. I'm looking for it. Oh, he said London send the super chat. I thought I missed it. Anyway, you got my attention. Could you review my cycle? <laughs> Landon. Uh, could you review my cycle and tell me what you'd change if anything? Only negatives I'm having a night sweats. Wife has put me on the couch because it's so bad. 1,000 milligrams of tests, 400 milligrams of trend, 800 milligrams Primo weekly. Um, you're taking too much trend. That's where night sweats are coming from. And, and maybe the test and Primo is also too high, right? I don't know anything about your training intensity, your size, your metabolic rates, your food intake, your electrolyte intake, your uh, micronutrient intake. I don't know anything about your body fat levels. All right. So, so um, I would say take the trend out. You'll feel a lot better in a couple of weeks. And then you can go back to your wife's bed and fuck her again. So you're welcome. Chris, welcome to the Vigorous Crew. All right. Guys, please understand that I'm not a doctor, right? These medical questions that keep popping up, you should ask that with a qualified cardiologist. And right? if, if you find out you have some left ventricular hypertrophy, why are you discussing that with me? <laughs> Discuss that with your cardiologist, dude. All right. And you can watch the, the heart video and take some advice for yourself, but I can't help you or diagnose you or, or resolve medical conditions over the internet, right? I can prevent you from getting left ventricular hypertrophy by telling you guys how to use performance and enhancing drugs safely. Um, but if you already got it, then that's what the cardiologists are for. Let's see.
Hello, Steve. I've been working out for four years. I get more muscular, but I'm like barely getting strength. Tips, eat more food. Eat more food. Like I look insanely good, but my strength is shit. So if you look extremely good, it means you're lean. And it also means you're not eating enough. <laughs> so whatever you're eating now, add 10% more calories on top from healthy food sources containing protein, carbs, and fats. And then in four weeks later, you do that again. Maybe four to six weeks later, you do that again. Six to eight weeks later, you do that again. Slowly start increasing your calories till you're also as strong as you look. Right? Because let me guess, you probably also have low libido because you're always lean. Right? And what's the point of having a lean physique that, that has no libido? Right? Mm -mm -mm. All right, let me scroll up a bit. Do you have any experience with uh, pyogenated uh, mechanical growth factor for side enhancement? Uh, did I use MGF? I think I used MGF DES. And uh, again, the, the anecdotal reports are so thin that I don't think it's worth looking into. And otherwise run it for four weeks and then come back with your insane story of how you uh, capture delts to the moon uh, and back. Uh, yeah, I'm willing to put money on it that it, you will not return with a story like that. So. Uh, should I worry about anti-nutrients? Well, you someday do a deep dive on methylation and how it affects the efficacy of different drugs and supplements. Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. That's very low on the priority list. Uh, but you should worry about anti-nutrients. Yeah, you should worry. That's why, you know, you have resistant starches in your uh, carbohydrates. So you should keep your, um, you know, potatoes and rice warm. Right? Don't let it sit. There's something to say for the anti-nutrients or the fibers in brown rice limiting the absorption of essential nutrients that you need and 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 you know you can say the same thing to a certain extent about certain vegetables but you know all in all i think if you eat an overall balanced diet then maybe a little bit of fiber and anti-nutrients from certain food sources that you have are not going to matter much because you have so much nutrients coming in from other food sources right so again there's a lot of fear-mongering in the nutritional space especially by the carnivore crowd. I mean, those are those guys are now just fucking nutrition terrorists, I would say. Um, if you want to do carnivore to reduce your intestinal inflammation, that's fine. But most guys who benefit from the carnivore diet is uh, are just the guys that treat their body like an absolute trash can. And then they go on carnivore and it, oh, it saved my life. No, no, you could have done that with any kind of diet. You just needed to follow a structured diet. And it's the same for most kind of diets. If you just follow a structured diet, and mix and match food sources that you slowly go in and out the, that your body agrees with, then you'll be okay. Then you'll be okay. Dude, it, it's, it's, you know, methylation. I know, uh, what was it? Uh, the Breca guy is talking about, oh, methylation, this, methylation, that. But it, there's a lot of hype out there. And if you want to do a methylation study, just do your DNA analysis. Right? I think you can determine it there. And methylation is not the only metabolic pathway that you need to look into. <laughs> There's many more, right? So just because it's in the news doesn't mean it's super important. And oh, it determines your biological age. The biological age is bullshit. It, it's, it's so many things that goes into it, you know. What you need to do is treat your body right from the start.
All right. Next one. Low carbs is no gains. That's not entirely true. I, I did ketogenic diets for a very long time and I cycle my carbs in and out and I, I, I still got fucking big. You know, of course I was bigger with carbs. <laughs> I'll tell you that, but I still got pretty big and still got pretty strong. You know? Nutrition terrorist, yeah. It's exhausting, man. Mm, 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 mm. Let's see. Yeah, you're out of here. Yeah, but I'm not a nutrition terrorist, right? Just because keto works well for me doesn't mean I'm going to force it up you on you guys that everybody needs to do keto, right? And plus, I do, don't do 100% keto. I, um, I, I, I I do keto most of the day and post-workout, I have some fruit, you know? So is it 100% keto? Uh, some Sometimes I have 70 grams of carbs from uh, fruit. Sometimes I have 150 grams of carbs from fruit if you're really hungry. And, you know, after leg day, I mean, fuck, you, you got to backload your carbohydrates, right, bro? And then I feel a little bit brain fogged, but that's okay. I watch a little bit of TV and then I have another four hours of cognitive work after that. So, you know, nutrition is something you have to play with. Figure out what works for you. There's no one cookie cutter way of nutrition. Uh, besides that, uh, generally speaking, you should avoid processed foods, eat foods that expire. And, and uh, you know, after reconstituting uh, oatmeal and, and rice and that kind of stuff, right? And, and eat food that is single ingredient. Right? So if you eat potatoes, it's not potatoes and butter and, and, and this and that and blah, blah, blah. No, it's just potatoes. And then you can add a single ingredient thing on top of that. So if you eat as basic like that and it sucks, it's boring, it's annoying, and you have to cook and this and that. And guess what? The guys who do that, they're the ones who are not getting unhealthy. And they're the guys who are staying cognitive and looking good. They're the guys who are not looking like ashtrays when they're 40 years old. Right? So... Um, nutrition is, is the most important thing you have to do, but it is also the most cumbersome, right? Because it takes more hours out of your day than uh, the training or the injections do. Henry Pham, hey, is uh, TB500 systemic? Yes, it is. Strained my pec a while back and not still not 100% wanted to try TB500 until I use a growth hormone for healing it. Add some uh, BPC157, 1 milligram BPC4157, 1 milligram TB500 to a growth hormone. Just, uh, you know, inject it around the area. Right? You just kind of circle, circle around it like a, a bundle of ants uh, every single day. And then um, you do that for four to six weeks. And then even if it doesn't feel better, uh, during the time that you're using this treatment, it might still be better a couple of weeks later because the angiogenesis has already been initiated and it might take some time for the, um, you know, the healing to really set in and take place to the point you don't feel it anymore and you feel confident enough to start benching heavy again or, uh, you know, whatever chest exercise you do heavy again. So, yeah, give it some time, but add in some TB500, bro. It's very pro very promising. There's literally one one human study. <laughs> BBC 157. <laughs> here, here we go. Yes. 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 Yes to both. Reminds me of vegans. Uh, all must become vegans. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of dogmatic bullshit out there. You know what? Just let them. <laughs> like, I kind of. Any donkeys in Thailand? Uh, there, uh, well, there's a lot of donkeys in Patty, I'll tell you that. And, and Phuket, like all the tourist areas are full with human donkeys. Uh, but if you want to see some real donkeys, I think there's a zoo on the way to Wahin. 
Wahin. My name. What was that? Donkey Farm. Donkey's Rest Hotel. Yeah, I think it's at the Swish Sheep Farm. Ah, donkeys and alpacas, bro. <laughs> All right, let me let me find the link. Uh, Swish Sheep Cha'am. Doesn't have a website. Well, I'll uh, I'll send you the Google Maps directions. Sorry for the delay. All right, share, copy, paste it. It's right there underneath. Uh, some link the google maps link go go have a look there there might be some donkeys there and if you can't make it to wahin um i go to patia plenty of donkeys there dude full of donkeys let me turn this air conditioning up a little bit because it's getting cold now Steve, YouTube is an ass. All right. <laughs> uh, so I can't do any uh, YouTube payments for my country. Any other ways to ask a question outside Super Chats? Just ask them. But it's, it's sometimes a lot of members show up and a lot of Super Chats show up. And then, uh, of course, I have to uh, you know, have a moral obligation to answer those questions first because people pay for it. All right. So if you can't pay for it, just post it, dude. But it doesn't mean that I might see it because there's, well, as you can tell from the chat, there's a boatload of other people trying to get their questions in. Um, but if it's a good question, I don't mind answering it. All right. I meant humans. <laughs> I meant humans, human donkeys. Oh, yeah, there's plenty, dude. Uh, Thai people are very calm. Yeah, I mean, Thailand is like... Uh, it. it, it attracts degenerates all right so so this is just something you have to deal with so you have to keep your circle very very small that's what i do here in, in thailand you know i give everybody a chance but you know people have to usually prove themselves um and and of course if you come to thailand and you move straight to patia then i don't know it's, i recommend most people not to end up there and then they stay there for a year and um and then they still move to Bangkok or they stay there indefinitely and then they're surrounded with the degeneracy. That's fine if you like that. And if you like uh, living in Patty or Phuket in that sense. And, and again, there's nice areas. You don't have to be close to it. But since it's a tourist city and, and the, the tourism bullshit never ends, it's just uh, I haven't been there in a while. I might go to Patty or Phuket after high season, but it's definitely not a time uh, to go right now. It's just too much uh, bullshit. I like the quiet life. Yeah, ask better questions. Yeah, that's usually the way. I, I see. I see a ton of questions which I answered last week or the week before, and I have videos about. I mean, you know. 
my sincere apologies if I don't answer your dose. <laughs> when are the vigorous cigars dropping? Um, hmm. I don't think I'm a, enough of a connoisseur to really um, come out with my own good line of cigars, but you know, I'm always, I, I, plus I like variety. So I usually, uh, 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 you know, get my, uh, you know, humidor guy, uh, recommend me something. And then I'm usually pleasantly surprised. Uh, how did you, did you have culture shock when you first got there? Um, no, not really. I got culture shock when I got back to Holland, when I realized that not everybody was easy to approach and I realized that not everybody was happy. And I realized that um, it was fucking cold because <laughs> I came to Thailand in November. Uh, was it November? Yeah, November 2000, 2006. Fuck, it's been, it's been forever. <laughs> it's been forever. Um, yeah, so I got culture shock when I got back. And then uh, guess what? I booked my uh, ticket within the first week of arriving back to Holland. I booked another ticket coming back to Thailand. And that's when I broke my leg in a motorcycle accident. So... Um, yeah. So no, I, I don't have any culture shock. I, I feel more at home here than I do back home. I had a little bit of a culture shock when I came to the United States and I realized how fat people are and how obnoxious and um, how, um, I don't know, annoyed everybody is with each other <laughs> in the United States. So yeah, I had a little bit of culture shock uh, there. But uh, in Thailand, no. Dubai didn't have culture shock. Japan didn't have culture shock. I mean, I've been all over the world, dude. It's, it's, nothing surprises me. But yeah, the last two times that I went to the U.S., I'm like, holy shit. This is, yeah, general population there. This is something uh, not right. But the bodybuilding and fitness community, absolutely fucking sweet. And everybody in the fitness community in the United States, super nice, super lovely, very caring, very interesting, very talkative, very outgoing. Wonderful people. But then as soon as you go to Disneyland, oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, Steve and Andrew Tate cigars. I, I don't think that Andrew Tate likes steroids or bodybuilders or Thailand. So, and, and I don't particularly enjoy the, <laughs> the content that Andrew puts out. So even though sometimes he's, uh, he's, he's, he's got a couple of valuable points, but you know, you got to remember the rules of fight club. And what's rule number one and rule number two? Shut the fuck up. Do your thing in silence. Hey, Steve, do you still do blood work results? Yes, sir. Just follow the link down below, vigorstevecom slash consultations, and uh, let's set it up. Send me your blood work. Tell me your problems. Uh, tell me your life story, and then I'll let you know how long we need to resolve it. But usually 20 minutes, 40 minutes is uh, more than enough. Yeah. Supplements you advise on testosterone, masterone, and trend cycle. Uh, magnesium, vitamin D3, vitamin K, uh, ubiquinol, taurine. Basically, you should just have a look at my year-round supplement stack, which is due for an update. It's on the to-do list. Uh, I just didn't get around to it yet. Let's see. Supplements. Where's my year-round supplement stack? B vitamins. Basically, all, all the supplements, Tatka for sure. Uh, Tremblone has a na nasty tendency to kind of raise your liver enzymes. 
And of course, since your metabolism and your metabolic waste products are going up when you take Trimbalone or a combination of Testmaster and Trimbalone, then you need a little bit uh, additional Tatka to help promote the excretion of all this garbage. Yeah. So make sure you stay healthy. And maybe uh, vitamin B6, B5P, and some L-tyrosine to keep your dopamine levels high because uh, Trembolone is highly dopaminergic. So uh, make sure you feed into that. Uh, high test with aromacin, testosterone with DHT derivatives. Uh, what's the question here? I, I, I would say yes to both. It just depends on your preference. And I've done high tests with aromacin and I've done high tests with the DHT derivative to match and I liked both. <laughs> I like both, but the price of Primo now is, uh, uh, yeah, it's theft. So uh, if I were to go on cycle right now, I'd just do test in aromacin. Uh, Still got like two or three boxes of Pfizer aromacin laying in the closet, staring at me, which will be the last Pfizer products I ever touch. Yeah, because of reasons. Yeah, because of reasons. Did you take down the anti-aging deep dives? No. With the mitochondrial support stack or the Benjamin Button stack? Those are all online, dude. I didn't take anything down. No, those should still be there. You just got to search. Are you doing, going to do more Boozer's Vigorous Q&As? Uh, last week was a great time. Man, I was so fucking hammered. Holy shit. <laughs> And then I had to take all that equipment back in the house. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was fun, though. It was fun. But maybe maybe in a year. Yeah, let's, let's, let's plan for next year, um, you know, New Year's, if I'm still doing these Q&As, because hopefully by the time we have a kid. And then I don't think I'll be doing these vigorous Q&As uh, by that time, because uh, I'll be on daddy duty. Right? So uh, let's see. Right? Nothing is off the table, but you got to go with the times. Steve, by the way, the Boozer's Q&A was legendary. I broke up with my girl as my New Year's resolution because I was getting tired. <laughs> All right, Iron Grid, you and the cats. <laughs> I'm not laughing for breaking up, but it's just, it's just so funny, you know. It's so funny that you like the Q&A and then now you're single with a cat. Yeah, now yeah, all the more time to moderate. So, and then remember, you know, you're still young, so there's plenty of pushy the uh, pussy that you still need to explore. You got one in the house and uh, five in the hand, right? Like, do a pull a pull a Donald Trump when you see him. Who needs a girl anyway? More trend, more men. Oh, oh Jesus! Well, Iron Grid. If you want to go that route, then a one-way ticket to Thailand is uh, the way to go. Is it okay to take HCG with Hashimoto's? Uh, that I'm not sure. That I am not sure. But since HCG interacts with the thyroid stimulating hormone receptor in rat studies, not in human, <laughs> not in human studies. I mean, I've been on a thousand IOS HCG for months now, close to a year. That thousand IOS HCG three times a week, and my thyroid parameters have not changed in any way, shape, or form. And nor do I see that on blood work parameters. Right, there's one or two animal models that shows that. HCG interacts with a thyroid receptor, but can it mitigate human uh, Hashimoto's disease? I'm not entirely sure, right? So, uh, I don't know. Type in HCG and Hashimoto's at PubMed. You know what? I'll do it for you. 
Let's see. H-E-G Hashimoto. It's like nobody knows how to do research anymore. Oh, there's a researcher called Hashimoto. Uh, there are 52 studies. Well, you're, you're going to have to go through PubMed yourself. There's a researcher called Hashimoto K and Hashimoto T. So um, those are coming up in the search uh, results. But yeah, I don't see any clear uh, indication that those can be combined or not combined. All right, where are we? The multi-part of what? Of the anti-aging? Anti-aging deep dive? Did I do an anti-aging? I have videos about anti-aging, but I don't think I have a multi-part deep dive about anti-aging. Maybe you're mistaken with a different channel. All right, where are we? Faisal, I'm thinking about doing a DECA-only cycle, but I take glutasteride. How long after stopping it can I take DECA given the half-life is five weeks? Uh, I would wait a couple months. Yeah. If, if the half-life is five weeks, then it should be out of your system in 25 weeks, which is half a year. So uh, half a year. Or maybe you switch to finasteride in the meantime, uh, or you take salt palmetto or pygium, right, to uh, help offset the the the, the reductase enzymes converting testosterone into testosterone, and then you uh, do a DECA-only cycle. Now, I would wait a long time because, you know, you, of course, dihydronandrolone is uh, less of an invasive compound than uh, DECA itself. So you need a little bit of 5-alpha reductase uh, enzyme activity and you need the conversion of uh, pregnenolone into allopregnenolone. So I would just take it out. And if you want to take dutasteride, take it topically. I, I would not take that orally, dude. Too many side effects. I started getting exertion headaches while lifting weight. It's really affecting my workouts. I went to the doctor and just gave me anti-inflammatory steroids. That doesn't help at all. Any advice? Well, uh, type in tension headaches on my YouTube channel, headache. I'll link it down below. Headaches while using oral steroids. Uh, let me link it down below. Third from the top. There you go. Long story short. Hydration, proper electrolyte intake, look into something that causes vasodilation, not too much to the point that you get headaches from the vasodilation, but something like uh, low-dose tomosartan, low-dose Cialis, um, you know, things that increase nitric oxide uh, levels in the bloodstream, like, uh, you know, pre-workouts, for example. Uh, those are all things that you can look into and stop holding your fucking breath. <laughs> Right? That also causes tension headaches. So those are all things you can explore. Watch the video that I linked down below. And um, and then hopefully you can uh, get over that. But it's it's not that difficult. Man, what, why is this air conditioning not giving me the right temperature? So, yeah, watch the video. It's all there. All right, making sure I don't miss any super chats. Tarek Diab, how much Mastron with 200 tests and three times 500 uh, IUs per week ACG to keep estradiol in range? I would do 200 to 300 milligrams Mastron. Yeah. Yeah. Because, of course, the ACG produces estradiol directly in the testicle. So you need more of a suppressive effect of uh, aromatized inhibition on the testosterone that you're taking. So you might be able to get away with, yeah, I would say 300 Mastron. Yeah. 
But of course, do your blood work three weeks into that protocol to confirm to see if your estrogen is not too low or too high, and then make the appropriate adjustments, um, you know, on your testosterone to masterone ratio. But the ACG, uh, I would keep the same. Yeah, and keep in mind that 250 IOs ACG is usually enough to sustain testicular function. So you don't always need 500 IOs. Um, maybe do a semen analysis on 250 IOs ACG three times per week three months into that, four months into that, and then see if you need to increase your fertility parameters further. Um, albeit that the scientific evidence shows that 250 IUs is um, right, the most effective dose to sustain testicular function and spermatogenesis. How to be in the moment when the girlfriend is there? Benzodiazepine help is growth hormone for anti-aging. How to be in the moment when the girlfriend is there? What do you mean? I mean, if you can't, if you're not in the moment with your girlfriend, then the girlfriend is not, not for you. <laughs> Find somebody else. I mean, you don't have to take drugs for that. Benzodiazepine. I mean, if you're nervous or anything like that, I mean, just just give yourself some time, dude. You know, spend more time together. And benzodiazepines. I mean, you're basically changing your mood, and now the girl that likes you is liking you for a mood that it's induced by drugs. So, do you think that's sustainable? I don't think so. Uh, growth hormone for anti-aging, uh, topical anti-aging, yes, because it fills in the wrinkles because you hold a little bit more water. So you look a little bit more youthful. Your skin looks a little bit better. And uh, that's about it. It might age you faster by increasing IGF-1 levels. But then again, the correlation between IGF-1 and aging is also a little bit dubious, I would say. So, yeah. I... Uh, I would say, uh, you know, give yourself some time with your girl, man. Don't have to rush into fucking her. Build up the mood. Big house. Steve, how frowned upon when a client asks uh, his coach too many questions? Aaron is being too soft on me. I don't know how to tell him how to put me through the grinder. What are you talking about? And his coach asks asks his coach too many questions. I mean, Aaron offers a good service and answers all of your questions. That's part of being a good coach. Um, you know, usually what I did is, uh, is just increase the rates. Because <laughs> it's the cheap clients that, uh, that ask too many questions, and then you start increasing the rates, and then all the cheap clients, the ask holes, they fall off. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's it kind of sorts itself out. So I was always there to answer all of the questions for all of my clients, whether it's through voice messages or lengthy emails or, or whatever. That was That's just part of the job, you know? And then Aaron is being too soft on you and don't know how to tell him to put you through the grinder. I mean, uh, you got to put yourself through the grinder. He's guiding you through, uh, you know, making the best possible decisions for your uh, bodybuilding aspirations, but you need to bring up the motivation to uh, aspire to be a bodybuilder or, or change your physique. So it's not his job to put you to the grinder. It's his job to get you towards your goals. If you want to grind hard, go grind hard. Right? Go grind hard. And if you don't have the motivation to grind hard, then then pick up another sport. <laughs> it's, it's that simple. Angry just became a member. Why? <laughs> I, I see your username, bro. Probably got to pay you for it. Fuck. All right. 
Uh, Jay Stockwell, Steve, did you ever try uh, PE protocols besides growth hormone and Cialis before bed? Well, I tried uh, the Antrac Tim Cream. I have a video on that. I'll link it. And I think that um, the what's it called? Uh, PCT Mart has Antrac Tim Cream in stock. I, I have it in my link tree with a discount code. Let's see. And drag. Uh, oh, it's probably eggplant to circumvent the, oh no, overnight gains, was that it? Excuse me. Yeah, that's the one. 60,000 views. Oh, no wonder. All right, so I gained about a half a centimeter on that, but I don't think it's anything that I didn't have before. So, um, yeah, that's about it, dude. I mean, my penis is not small. Um, so I never felt a need to increase my penis size. And, um, you know, the best thing you can do is just move to Asia where the vaginas are smaller. Uh, and, and then you don't have to do anything crazy to your uh, penis. Uh, you know, you gain an inch or two automatically because, well, the, the, the physiques have less internal organ room, I would say. So... Yeah, but of course, if you're in the United States and you bang a lot of Brazilians and big-butted black uh, Amazonian goddesses, then yeah, you might need to do uh, some penis enlargements because uh, there's like three inches of uh, butt cheeks that you need to get past. And then, uh, you know, uh, Mandy Go and whoever else has also had their turn. So it's basically throwing your, uh, your coin into a wishing well, right? I mean, it will take a while before you hit the bottom and hit the sides uh yeah so but i don't know anything besides uh taking some you know growth hormone cialis and a dht uh cream before bed that's that's the extent of it yeah I mean, it does answer all the questions. I'm just asking if I'm being annoying with it or is it normal? Well, in the beginning of signing up for coaching, there's always more questions. And then later on, all the questions are already answered. And then, uh, you know, and then it, it gets less. So that's 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 why I usually make clients sign up for like six months in, uh, in advance because, you know, in the beginning, it's going to be a lot of work. And then later on, the questions kind of diminish and the client knows what direction they need to go. And then it goes away. And then, and then, of course, if you are over asking questions and it's not worth his time, then you might say, increase the rates or uh, I'm full. And I've done that with clients as well. So I'm sorry, I'm, I'm too busy. Too busy. Sorry, buddy. It's uh, it's not working out because these guys are literally asking an hour per day of your time. I'm surely hope you're not doing that because as a coach, you know, there's only so much time you have during the day and it's, it's a full-time fucking job. People don't understand it. It's an 80-hour per week job. Um, and you barely have any free time. You're always on your phone during workouts and during meetings and, and just trying to keep up with all the messages. And at one point, uh, the coach might say, you know what, this enough is enough. I'm sick of this. And uh, I'm better off, uh, you know, doing uh, uh, helping a client that doesn't spam me <laughs> through WhatsApp. So, right, be careful. But mo most of the time, I mean, I would get like hundreds of messages per day and answer all of them. Yeah. All right. Uh, 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 uh. Let's see. Zarfet. Okay. 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 One, two. Here we go. Three. All right. Four. 
As we're going to 5-HTP, desensitization, hyperthyroidism, how to fix these issues after stopping. Do your own fucking research and stop spamming these fucking questions in the chat. How about that? Time out. You are not more special than anybody else here. Bye. <clears throat> Whatever anhedonia you got is through your own doing. Uh, let's see. Mm -hmm. Let's see. How often should I apply tretinoin? Uh, the tretinoin cream I would do once per day. And then, you know, you take your evening shower, you, uh, apply that before bed, let that, um, let that absorb and then uh, you go to sleep you know and then change your pillow sheet every single night because it might take a while for the tretinone to really dry out your skin and then of course you know the the sebaceous gland and the, and the cream will get into your pillow so change those bed sheets or at least a pillowcase a pillow cover every uh, day until your skin really dries out and then uh, and then you, maybe you can apply it every other day right you don't have to keep applying it every single day once the skin is dry and you're clear then you just apply a little bit as a maintenance dose and apply it to the problematic area so like for me i usually have pimples here on this side um and and usually around my nose here and it's also because i you know let my cats uh, walk all up and down my face because they like to you know give face rubs uh, and then I forget to wash my face also so I get a little bit of a you know a little bit of a pimple here and there and yeah you just, uh, you just apply it where the problematic areas are so in the beginning every single day change your bed uh, sheets and then after that you uh, you apply it as needed because less is more now you don't want to dry your skin uh, to the point that you start looking like the mummy that is not very appealing Oscar, uh, I wish people would stop asking this question. Yeah, that's what I think about it. But no, there's no news. Otherwise, I would tell you guys. There's no news. And there will be no news until I'm ready to talk about it. Maybe, maybe who knows, maybe we had like four or five miscarriages already. So maybe this uh, this question is getting fucking annoying. I, I shot myself in the foot, though, right, by being transparent and honest about it. Like, hey, I'm going to come off cycle and trying to get my wife pregnant. And then you have to deal with, uh, you know, these questions every single day from family and from people in the chat and everywhere. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? How's it going? So um, maybe my wife is already pregnant. Maybe I just don't want to tell you guys. Maybe we're due um, sometime this year. And I don't want to mention that because um, once the due date comes around, then everybody will start bugging you more. Hey, did you give birth? Did you... It's like with this baby making stuff, no fucking privacy at all. So I wish I faked an injury, told you guys that I tore my pec and that I was going to come off cycle and just kept it quiet. <laughs> that's what I should have done. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I should have done. But uh, yeah, fertility parameters are absolutely fucking stellar though. Yeah, I'll make a video about it next week. uh let's see where are we
Let's see. Hey, Steve, in your opinion, one week of fasting but drinking only water helps to better the skin. Uh, yes, because you're not uh, eating any inflammatory foods that can worsen the skin. You're not eating any dairy products that can worsen the skin. Uh, you're not getting any any uh, oxidants in, pro-oxidants in that can worsen the skin. So I've done fasts uh, multiple uh, different times. And uh, yes, I can tell you that it, it does improve the skin. But when you start eating again, once you start eating your shitty diet again with dairy products and inflammatory foods and, uh, and, and uh, pro-oxidant foods, then your skin quality will worsen. So um, fast first and then fix your diet. Right? Fast first, fix your diet. Watch that uh, How to Fix Your Gut video. I'll link it down below. How to heal your gut. Yeah, I'll link it down below. Boom. Go watch this video. It talks about fasting in LL37 and how to uh, schedule your elimination diet and a BBC 157, etc. And then you should have clear skin once you fix your gut microbiome. Let's see. Mamtuz Mahmoud. Um, hello, Steve. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, buddy. Thank you. Considering 500 milligrams test 400 masterone, how often should I inject? Should I mix the compounds in the same needle, same oil? Thanks for everything. Okay, so you, what you can do is you go to Amazon, you uh, buy some sterile vials uh, or buy it wherever you can get it, right? Sterile vials. You transfer a week worth, uh, so that's 500 tests, 2 cc's and 400 masterone, uh, either 4 cc's masterone propionate or 2 cc's masterone inotate. Transfer that to the same sterile vial, shake that like you're using a shake weight or like you're making um, a cocktail, which in this case, I think a cocktail is more applicable to what you're doing with your uh, sterile vial. And then draw whatever you need for that day with an insulin syringe. So if you're having two cc's test and two cc's masterone, that's four cc's per week. Four divided by seven, 0.57. So you, uh, you let's say 0.6 milliliters, right? And Sunday you inject a little bit less, or if you're um, a Muslim, then I think... Uh, Monday is your uh, rest day. Or was it Friday? Shit. Was it Monday or Friday? I'll say again. I don't want to be incorrect here. Friday. Oh my God. My bad. Anyway, I don't want to inf um, offend any Muslims. And I've been to Kuwait and Dubai. Shame on me. So um, on Friday, you would inject a little bit less. I usually make that joke about Sunday, but that's the Christians among us. Um, Anyway, so you inject 0.6 milliliters if you have masterone enthate, and if you inject, uh, let's see, masterone propionate, then you would have six milliliters, so that's divided by seven, is 0.85 milliliters sub-Q or intramuscular per day. But I prefer sub-Q because you don't create any scar tissue intramuscularly, and intramuscular scar tissue takes a very long time to remove, and that might hinder your range of motion. All right. Javier, any nootropics you can recommend for stock market? Any drugs to forget people? Forget an ex. <laughs> forget a bad friend. Uh, time, heal, time heals all wounds. Time heals all wounds. So, uh, nootropics for the stock market. Modafinil, Adderall. We'll, we'll start working on those videos reasonably soon because I just posted that... Um, you know that that, that multiple cho or a single choice um, uh, polled uh, on my uh, community page. So most people wanted to see a video about uh, Anadrol, Adderall, that Anadrol, Adderall, five fans or Dexedrine. So we'll do that one first, and then I think Modafinil after that. Um, but anything that can that is a little bit dopaminergic, 
and uh, you take a low dose because you don't want to take too much of a dopamine hit to the point you get overconfident. And then you think, oh, it's only going to go up, it's only going to up, or it's only going to go down, only going to go down. And you start trading, not the levels um, and the indicators, but you start trading the dopamine. Then you're going to get liquidated. Yeah. Um, so I would do a low-dose Adderall, low-dose Modafinil. Yeah, and then use some L-theanine to kind of take the edge off. And and, and most of the over-the-counter supplements, I mean, that's what I'm taking right now. And I, I made some killer trades the last year. But, of course, the stock market has been going up. So, I mean, you know, I, I made also profits when the market was going down. But I made some better profits uh, when the market was going up, obviously. Because <laughs> you have to trade the swing trades, right, when the market is going down. So you have to set entry points far below the... Um, you know, you just have to wait for dips and you buy the dip and you buy it uh, or you sell it resistance, right? So and that, those gains are usually less than in the bull market. Um, Drugster, forget people, dude. Trade for the next two years, wait for the next bull market to come and then travel. You'll, may, you'll meet a lot of new people. You'll meet a lot of new friends. You'll forget your ex, your bad friends. You'll forget your family. You'll forget everybody. Yeah, that's what I had when I traveled for a year. That's If you want to change your life, just travel. And, and you can travel through wherever you live right now. You can travel through Asia. You can travel through America. You know, if you do your stocks well, um, you make a good amount of money. And even with $25,000, you can travel for an entire year, if not longer. So, um, yeah, hold off. People come and go, man. People come and go. At, at this point, like I'm 40 years old right now, I just expect that people are going to be there temporary. And that's maybe a little bit of a wrong outlook, but it, it, you just realize that, you know, people can pretend to be all kinds of things. And then at one point they turn out to be the exact opposite of the, what they were pretending to be, or their, you know, their, their ideals are not aligned with yours. Right? So people come and go, you have a good time while you're together. And then maybe there's a blowout or maybe you slowly separate because you lose interest. Um, it's just part of life. It's just part of life, man. People come and go, people die, people stab you in the back. It's, it's, it's all part of life. So just uh, keep your head up, man, because it, it won't be the last time that it will happen. It will keep happening, no matter how careful you are. Yeah, and vodka. <laughs> and vodka, of course. How can I forget vodka? Is there a maximum rate of fat loss? If so, can it be enhanced, assuming that diet and cardio and adherence is 100%? So I think you can lose a percentage of your fat mass. I think I discussed this several times before. Uh, there's a certain percentage of fat that you can uh, lose at any time. So if you're 25% body fat, of course, the rate of fat loss is higher because you have more fat mass. And what that exact percentage is, it kind of depends on what performance enhancing drugs you take and how um, you know steep your deficit is. But you see the less fat that you have, the less fast you lose that fat. So let's say you can lose 2% of your fat mass per week. And right? if you're 25% uh, you know, body fat and you're 100 kilos, it's 25 kilos of fat. 2% of that over the week, uh, 25 times 0.02 is half a kilo. Well, maybe, okay, maybe, maybe 5%, 25 times 0.05. Yeah, a kilo and then 250 grams. Okay, that sounds about right. So let's say you lose 5% body fat per week. 5% of your body fat, right? So if you're 25% body fat, you're 100 kilos, you're 25 kilos body fat, 5% of that is 1.25 kilos. Now, if you're 10% body fat and still 100 kilos, but in reality, you're probably 90 kilos by the time because you've been dieting. So uh, maybe even less, maybe you're 85 kilos times 
uh, 0.1, so that's your 8.5 kilos of body fat, and you lose uh, uh, 5% of that, then you lose only 400 grams over the week. So you go from 1.3 kilos to 400 grams as you get leaner. And if you're 6% body fat, now you're probably like 82 kilos. It's a little bit less than five. And then you only lose 250 grams of fat per week, right? So the leaner you are, the longer it takes to get additional lean. Um, five amino one MQ helps with that. NAD plus helps with that. Um, nicotinamide mononucleotide or nicotinamide riboside to help with NAD plus levels in the fat cells and 5-amino-1-MQ prevents the breakdown thereof. And then there's a boatload of fat burners you can look into, right? Clembuterol, ephedrine, uh, DMP, even though I'm not really for it, right? I mean, there's a boatload of things you can look into. Growth hormone, right? Also liberates fat. Carnitine shuttles uh, triglycerides into the mitochondria, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Um, leverage those drugs when you need them, though. You don't need to put them in right from the start. You put them in uh, when you start stalling. Magdaddy, high dose HCG to fix crash estradiol in time for sex. I also have a protocol on this. High dose HCG protocol for two weeks. Even have an article about it. Short term HCG protocol to boost one's libido. All right, I'll link it down below. So long story short, 1,000 IOS HCG every day for two weeks. And then uh, that should bring your estradiol back up. It should bring your SHBG back up to a certain extent. It should balance out all of your sex hormones and neurosteroids. And then uh, your libido should be pretty fucking good. And it's probably already good by the fifth injection, but you just persist just to make sure that you have enough estradiol. And then you go about your business. And then you keep HCG uh, in at two ATG in at 250 IUs three times a week alongside your hormone replacement therapy. Thanos. Hello, son. Uh, what was the son of Thanos? Thane. Yeah. Thane. Didn't he make an appearance at the end of uh, one of the Marvel movies? Was it somebody else? Was it the bro brother of Thanos? But no, um, I'm not the son of Thanos. I'm not purple enough. And if I had uh, an infinity gauntlet, I would uh, use it a lot more wisely than Thanos did. Yeah. Of course, I die from using it. So, yeah. No more mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> That, that yeah i would do that that's worth giving your life over you would cure so much dengue and malaria and and just you know whizzing that fucking mosquito away yeah i would all mosquitoes gone gone but i would do it when i'm like close to death anyway uh mamtus Ma uh, uh you recommend one-on-one tests but dr james youtuber yeah i know about dr james recommends five to three ratio for better estrogen control i think it's probably worth looking into uh the ratios deeper well it, it depends on person to person right the reason why i said it and i'm the first one who recommended this reason uh, i'm the i'm i am the one who recommended this ratio and ratioing in your dhc derivatives or boldenone to your testosterone dose um the reason why is that most people are not uh, as lean as Dr. James. Not sure if he's actually a doctor, though. Uh, but we also have Dr. Tony Huge, so we can all, you know, we can all roll with it. Um, the reason why I recommend it is that most people are not lean, 
they're 12% body fat, 10% body fat. And of course, everybody has individual aromatized enzyme activity. So if you started a one-to-one ratio, which I think is fine, and you do your blood work four to six weeks later, then, um, you know, it might be that your estradiol is too high or too low, but not significantly high or significantly low that you get side effects. Whereas if you start with a five to three ratio and you're fat, you'll have issues. Yeah, you'll have issues. So, um, right. Again, everybody's free to reinvent the wheel um, and, and figure out what works best for you, right? I mean, I, I like uh, 21. What was the ratio of Star Wars? Aspect ratio, Star Wars. Aspect ratio. Yeah, 2.35 to 1. Anamorphic widescreen. I mean, it's great for movies. Um, but if you want to watch it on your mobile phone, it's not going to work, right? Then you need uh, six, nine times 16. <laughs> so uh, individual preference plays a part. But blood work, and I think that's what Dr. James also recommends, uh, blood work should always determine what your protocol is going to be. In nursing school, uh, trying, okay, text to speech my best to get an exemption for the poke if i have to do it uh, guys i'll get muted i've talked about this enough so um i'm sorry i don't want to let or get muted any further than i'm already am so good luck to you good luck to you Can you leave oil in the syringe? I have some testosterone propionate ampules, which are 100 milligrams each, but uh, if I pay 150 milligrams test a week, is it okay to put it in the syringe root half on Monday, switch the needle and shoot the wrist on Wednesday? Yes, you can do that, um, but I would still prefer you, because I, we don't know what carrier oil you're using, obviously. Again, I will have a carrier oil deep dive dropping in maybe two weeks or something. It's a 55-minute video, so we'll take some time to get through the editing process. Uh, it will be a masterpiece, though. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a fucking masterpiece. Piece. will not be a editing masterpiece like dr uh, james who has like five to eight minute videos editing masterpieces but they're short this will be an editing masterpiece 55 minutes long yeah it will not get any views obviously because it's too long uh that's why dr james is smart right he puts short short videos not so much information but short algorithm friendly um yeah so where were we Oh yeah, can I leave the oil in the syringe? Um, if the oil is uh, something like castor oil, sesame oil, grapeseed oil, cottonseed oil, there's no ethyl oleate in there and the benzyl benzoate concentration is not too high, then I think it's okay. But I would still prefer people to move the contents of the ampules to a sterile vial and just draw what they need uh, as needed because ampules or vials are made of glass. That's a more superior way to store oil oil in because if you put oil in the syringe and it has synthetic solvent or some of the plastics or the rubber stopper leak into the syringe, then now you're injecting that. Yeah, so I wouldn't leave it in there too long. Do the benefits of MK677 plateau at high dose, uh, doses, uh, what dosage would it become more effective to adding growth hormone? So most people report the maximum benefits at 25 milligrams to 30 milligrams MK677, and you don't get additional growth hormone secretion by upping the dose. Um, you get maybe additional growth hormone secretion by combining that with, what was it, uh, CJC1295, right? Because MK677 works on the ghrelin receptor and CJC195 works on the growth hormone releasing hormone receptor, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me double check that. It's been a while. 
that growth hormone releasing hormone receptor. So I, I would combine it with something like that. And then I think in the MK677 video, um, I mentioned how to maximize growth hormone secretion further with some amino acids and uh, melatonin. So you can look into those. Maybe that can bring your uh, growth hormone levels up higher. But most people will get only a growth hormone level of, let's say, two IUs exogenous growth hormone. So if you want to get, you know, the, the the chase irons levels of growth hormone, then obviously you need to go with exogenous. Anything over 2IU would be more beneficial um, if you go with exogenous use compared to the highest dose of MK677 that you can take, which is 30 milligrams per day for most people. Have you ever done pro bono coaching? <laughs> Once. Once, yeah, but it's friends of mine. Uh, if uh, if so, uh, let's say if so, if not, uh, what does one need to do for you to have done it? I mean, if you're trying to make a name for yourself, then you can do a little bit of pro bono coaching, or you coach somebody that has such a good network um, that you can use them for something else. So the only person that I ever coached pro bono was uh, Sangay Cheltrum from uh, Bhutan, who turned out to be a good friend of mine, and we had a great uh, business relationship. Uh, off uh, the coaching relationship, and we're still good friends to this day. And he's, you know, he treated me very well when, his, when I was in Bhutan. He basically gave me a free holiday, which, if you understand how Bhutan works and how expensive it is there, uh, that's basically a two thousand five hundred dollar free holiday. Uh, I got to meet the prince of Bhutan. I got to meet a lot of influential people in Bhutan. Um, so that's the only person I ever coached pro bono. Uh, and my wife, obviously. <laughs> so if you want to make a name for yourself, you can do it uh, to get uh, you know, the before and after pictures and some good, um, you know, um, or to get good testimonials. But coaching is a job that you get paid for. And if you're not getting paid, then you're not getting, then you're not coaching. It's that simple. And then you're just doing somebody a favor. Is there such a thing as a dumb question? No, you, you, there's only dumb people. <laughs> dumb people asking dumb questions, but it's always good to inquire. Yeah, but a lot of the inquiries are just stemming from laziness. Let's be, uh, let's be honest about that. Okay, uh, Hamad, in terms of lipolysis, is there a benefit from increasing open from 1.5 to 3 IUs? If you split up the dose, yes, because then you're on, I think the maximum amount of growth hormone or uh, most amount of lipolysis you can get from a single growth hormone administration tops out at 1.2 to 1.5 IUs, depending on how big you are, how much fat you have and how you respond to this exogenous growth hormone through hormone-sensitive lipase. Um, so I would do 1.5 IUs twice or one IU three times per day, right? For the maximum amount of lipolysis. That being said, a growth hormone is a very poor uh, lipolytic agent. Uh, it doesn't come anywhere close to a low dose of clenbuterol or 5-amino-1-MQ or ephedrine, right? Or, or maybe caffeine is even more uh, fat loss inducing than growth hormone at these low dosages. So right, the, the, once you start megadosing growth hormone, then of course you get fat loss, but we're talking about six IUs, eight IUs, 12 IUs, 15 IUs per day. That's when fat loss starts to become noticeable. Um, you know, the amount of fat loss that you get from 1.2, 1.5 IUs, genotropin or any kind of growth hormone is um, not worth the money, right? We take the growth hormone for the beneficial effects of lipolysis, just an added benefit. Yeah. Let's see, let's have some water.
Yes. Yeah. This is Greek. Bona Isai Oya. It's uh, Lion King, Lion King noises. Keep it English. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, not everybody has that, uh, you know, translation software. Elliot. Steve, also wanted to add my elevated thyroid stimulating hormone. I was talking 25 micrograms T4 September to October and tapered off over two weeks. Could this have caused the thyroid stimulating hormone increase? I'll set up an appointment with my doctor in the next week. Um, if, if, if you already tapered off in October and so you've been off November, December and, and well, part of January, then you might have had an initial spike in TSH. Um, but that should have normalized by the time you had normal T4 and T3 levels. So uh, make a make an appointment with your doctor. Yeah, see what's going on. Mm -mm. All right. Synergy effects. How do you stay away from all the temptations around you in Thailand? Um, after 18 years in Thailand or 17 years, um, I've done all of the temptations already. <laughs> I've done all of the stuff already. So after a while, you just get bored with, you know, everything gets boring after a while, right? So uh, nightclubs get boring, go-go bars get boring, going out late, sleeping with girls you don't know the names of, um it gets boring after a while you know and and fuck i'm from holland so i i did so much partying dude in my younger years from age 16 to like 21 i partied so fucking hard every fucking weekend i went out doing something you know and you go to the casino you have like 25 euros for the night you go to the casino you play your 25 euros away to the point you have five euros but you still get to buy three beers for that that's how cheap it was back then and, and sometimes you make 100 bucks 150 bucks and guess what you're drinking cocktails the whole night right? and talking with girls and uh, you have all this money suddenly but the budget is still the same right you put 25 euros in at the night you may eat, uh, either more money at the casino or less money at the casino and then and then you spend you still spend the same twenty five dollars that you entered your night with. So uh, sometimes you have le legendary nights and sometimes you have shitty nights, uh, but you still have a fun night compared to sitting at home. So uh, I went to all the raves, I went to all the nightclubs, I went to fucking go up parties underneath, um, in in like illegal tunnels that were half constructed under uh, lakes. Um, <laughs> dude, I went to the first sensation in two thousand. I've all the temptations I've already done. I've lived a very full life and I'm I'm happy to be settled down. Yeah. I'm happy because honestly what I see right now is because social media is kind of fucked with everybody, right? The atmosphere, I went out on my birthday one and a half years ago. Um and it was fun, but the I don't feel that people are different. They're they're even in the nightclub, they're like in their phone. Whereas before, like I, I used to go clubbing without uh, mobile phones, people would actually uh, talk with each other. 
right? And if you bump into somebody, no, no big fucking deal. You spill the drink, fine. You buy them a drink. You go to the bar, have fun. You know, you buy, you, and you make friends. <laughs> Nowadays, it's a fighting moment. Oh, you spilled beer on my my shoes. Jesus fucking, people are so fucking tied up to it. It's I I can't stand it. I can't stand it anymore. So, um, you know, if, if if friends are in town and they want to go out, you know, to a go go bar, fine. I'll take him, right? I'll sit there with my fucking hand, legs crossed and my hands tied and uh, entertain those guys, right? I'll get, get a few drinks in, no no worries. But all the temptations here, um, I've done to the point of exhaustion. So I'm good. And this is uh, what you should do before you settle down because otherwise you might feel tempted to do that while you're settled down already. And then, uh, well, you get yourself into trouble, right? Yeah, people talk to each other, dude. Dude, I, I when I first came to Thailand, I would just go out by myself. <laughs> I would make friends in the night. You, you go out, you go to the bar, you look for another single dude, just like, hey, you're here hunting? He's like, yeah. It's like, okay, you need a wingman? So yeah, of course, what are you drinking? Okay, you share a drink, right? You, you, you treat each other to drink, you go walk around, you hook up. And then you toast and you, you go about your next business. And then maybe four weeks later, you see the same dude and you do it all over again. Don't even exchange numbers because you don't need to because you would meet other dudes at the nightclub out for the exact same thing. And you would just make a team, you know, so it's not awkward. <laughs> and just go look around. And you would walk a circle and then raise your uh, a glass of tonic, uh, gin tonic, which is fluorescent. So you don't need to light. Like I found a couple of girls, you light your gin and tonic, right? And then it's it lights up through the disco lights. And then uh, you walk to your buddy or he walks over to you and you introduce him to the group of girls that you're with. And then, and then uh, guess what? In, in 30 minutes, you're out the fucking door. Uh, you're buying condoms. <sighs> yeah, but th th I don't think that happens anymore. Or maybe I'm just too old. <laughs> You know, when I, when I was in my prime, you know, 22, 24, 26. Yeah, uh, not when I was taking steroids and bald and I was still able to fit into a shirt. Fuck, man. Oh, yeah, I got so jaded, though. <laughs> I got so fucking jaded. Uh, 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 uh. And it's so odd to be told you're here by yourself. You don't have any friends. What a weirdo. Yeah, but so you, so you just meet another dude that's out by himself. And I think in Thailand that still goes on. And I, I'm sure other places of the world, I mean, in Amsterdam, it was fucking common. You would go out to Amsterdam and you would meet tourists that are there just solo. And it's like, yeah, what are you doing here? And it's like, yeah, I'm traveling by myself. I wanted to go, uh, you know, to this nightclub. And I was like, do you want to join? So, yeah, of course. Of course. You know, and then you might share some drugs. <laughs> Might share some MDMA, you know, and then Coke on the way back to kind of sober up. Good times, man. Yeah, good times. Met a lot of friends. And, and and then, you know, you don't add each other on social media because it didn't exist. You didn't exchange phone numbers, just high-fived each other on the way out. And that was it. Great fucking experience. <laughs> but I don't think that happens anymore. Yeah, I mean, everybody's socially awkward now and everybody gets offended for little fucking thing, you know. Well... I'm not going to say that the, the early 2000s were better, but to meet people and how people acted, it was better. It was not better to make money, though. 
I mean, social media changed the game for money making. Um, so at least with social media, you can just do whatever you like and uh, make money that way. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, here we go. You look like Johnny Sins. I want to spend some time with you. All right. <laughs> Is that a pickup line? Uh, yeah. But I think Johnny Sin has uh, got me beat. And plus, he's the most versatile man on the planet. And I've only done like four, four jobs in my life. Mm -mm -mm. That's so cool. Meeting people and immediately become friends. Well, when there's alcohol or drugs involved, of course, that's going to happen. But I mean, I mean anybody that met me at the Muscle Factory can, uh, can vouch for me. Uh, a Muscle Factory here in Thailand or met me at the Mr. Olympia or any other convention. I'm very easy to talk to. I have social skills. I traveled a lot. I've been out, I've gone clubbing. I, I, I give everybody time and I give everybody attention and I try to make f everybody feel like I uh, want to be treated, right? So, um, and then over time, some people turn out to be dickheads. Okay, you don't, you don't talk to them anymore. But most people that I meet, um, very easygoing, very easy to talk to. And of course, in the fitness industry, everybody's easygoing and easy to talk to. Um, so I, I don't think there's, you'll find much anecdotal experience of having a bad interaction with me, maybe once or once here and there, because there are some weirdos out there, but obviously some people, you just know right away that they're uh, bad news <laughs> that you stay away. Uh, Hama, do you believe that nicotine ages you faster can affect gym progress? It's been eight milligrams per day from nicotine gum. Um, well, nicotine has some pro-oxidant and antioxidant effects. So um if the pro-oxidant effects are more pronounced it could age you faster but honestly i haven't really looked into nicotine that much because i don't feel that nicotine is a good nootropic i mean it has all kinds of benefits right it's extensively studied um uberman did a great podcast on nicotine but since it's so addictive and I, I used to smoke cigarettes party smoker when i was like 16 to 18 years old um i do know that it's uh, that it's problematic to get off so i don't even want to try nicotine patches every day or a couple times a week when the come down and and the addiction is just clearly there right i can i can take modafinil a year straight and then stop cold turkey and not have any issues uh, but nicotine i know for all the benefits you can probably get from other nootropics i don't think that any of the characteristics of nicotine are unique to nicotine i'm sure you can get that somewhere else um, for less of the uh, potential addictive properties that nicotine has so, right, there's so many alternatives. The nootropic space is so vast or the cognitive enhancing space is so fast uh, fast that um, I don't think it's necessary, but it's, of course, it's easy to acquire. Then again, four milligrams nicotine. I mean, I, I think I saw the, I think it's like 60 bucks or something at CVS when I was in the US. It's quite expensive. Yeah. Are there any downsides to HCG monotherapy aside from HPTA suppression? Could one run it instead of TRT for years? Um, so I've been running it for close to a year, and I would say that it's uh, the only downside is that it's way more expensive than TRT. <laughs> yeah, it's way more expensive. Uh, but no, I know guys that run HCG monotherapy for two or three years straight, and then eventually they're like, you know what? Um, I'm tired of this. I want to see what testosterone is all about, and they lower the HCG dose so we can still keep it in for testicular function. But no, there's plenty of guys out there who do uh, HCG monotherapy and I'm perfectly happy. Yeah, perfectly happy. So the downside is HPTA suppression, and, and and it's expensive. Yeah. 
do you have any books, tips, or podcasts to develop that social fluidity that you're developed? Um, traveling and drugs. And, and, and as you get older, you just stop giving a fuck. That helps a lot also, right? So when you're younger, you get rejected either socially by men or women. They're like, ah, he's weird. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Then you feel bad, right, in the inside. You get rejected enough and you age enough and you've gone through life enough, uh, then even if you make an awkward remark, which I still sometimes make, uh, you just don't give a fuck. Right? That, that's, that's the ultimate bliss where you don't really have to care what other people think. And that doesn't mean you have to turn into a complete fucking weirdo. Um, but if you mess up here and there and you don't care because you know that you, you're not doing that with the wrong intentions, you just said something dumb. Okay, it happens. Okay, just laugh it off. Right, just laugh it off. Um, because somebody out there is going to find you awkward regardless, especially in the Western world where everything is offensive nowadays, right? Bought a lot of snowflakes, so you can't even exist anymore without people being offend <laughs> offended. <laughs> I mean, success is offensive, right? I mean, just because you're successful or you have 100,000 followers on YouTube I mean, means people get offended. So um, you just have to come to a realization at one point that people are going to be people man some are going to respond well to you some are not going to respond well to you um but if the net outcome is that most people respond well to you um then you're doing it right and it might take some time to develop and and for me uh recreational drugs helped with that during the time that it was going out a lot going out a lot exposure therapy helps a lot and then especially if you go to asia where it's just non-stop right there's if you have anxiety here it'll be gone two weeks because it, it you'll just get forced, it will get forced upon you, right? Hey, what's up? Your people want to talk to you. People are outgoing, friendly. There's a boatload of people everywhere. And then there's a language barrier. So you have to learn how to communicate with people because their English is not so good. And the, your ability to communicate, um, you know, in an easier to understand English is uh, maybe also not so good. So it, it, get out there. Get out there. And that being said, I, I still suck at recording YouTube videos. This is easy, talking to people. But recording YouTube videos, I still suck at that. And I've been doing that for five years. Yeah, that's why there's so many jump cuts. Uh, Jordan, if you conceive a child while in gear, is there any data suggests that there's more of a uh, chance of defects? No, not that I was able to find together. Like anecdotally, there might be more instances of uh, autism. But then again, you know, the bodybuilding community is very well documented. So uh, because we're all on social media, so you would think that there's more autism, but most of us kind of linger in the bodybuilding and, 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 and enhanced space. So maybe that's it. Uh, of course, there's more instances of girls that's well documented. Um, but besides autism, I can't really say that I notice an increased instance of defects um and of course you know when people have miscarriages they generally don't talk about that so maybe there's more instances of miscarriages but the the data on fertility when it comes to steroids i documented all of it in a video that nobody watched um because well you know nobody gives a shit about that um so so uh, one of the reasons why i came off cycle is because a lack of evidence and uh, i don't want to have it on my conscience that i'm doing something to my body that could potentially harm the future of a, a human fucking being. Uh, I, I don't want to have that on my conscience. So I'd rather be off everything and just use fertility medications that have uh, proved backing um, that it's good for fertility, right? And I think me and my wife are doing everything right, but because we're old, 
40 years old, it might take a little bit longer than expected. Yeah. Let's see. Scroll down a bit. All right. I'm going to be patiently waiting for your questions. If I miss it, please let me know. There you go. Your sheer existence is offensive to me. All right. <laughs> well, sucks to be you, bro. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, vigorously, I've heard many times that going on gear could potentially ruin your fertility forever. How true is that? Uh, not from my experience. <laughs> Not from my experience, but there's a lot of bodybuilders out there that, that, especially competitive bodybuilders, that don't have kids even when they're 50 years old. So is that because they're infertile? Is that because they uh, don't want to have kids? I, we don't really know. A lot of the bodybuilders aren't as forthcoming as uh, I am, uh, which is something is uh, to my detriment because of all the fertility questions that keep popping up. Um, so so uh, is it unheard of? No. I mean, testicular atrophy, testicular necrosis, are all documented in cases of uh, using performance enhancing drugs. That being said, I've helped many people restore their fertility and helped many people get uh, ultimately their wives pregnant. And not that I do the fertility protocol for the wives, but I do the fertility protocol for the, the person, uh, the man, right, trying to recover spermatogenesis. And uh, as you guys will see from my uh, fertility parameters next week, uh, which I'll make a video about, um, my fertility is fucking legendary. It's fucking legendary. That's why it's tiring that my wife is not pregnant yet. Um, because uh, I, I I could knock up like a million, not, not a million, but I could knock up a fuckload of 20-year-olds, 25-years-olds, uh, which, of course, will all be a headache. So we're not going to go that route because um, the emotional maturity of a 25-year-old is not there. Um, but simply because their ovaries are a little bit more receptive than my wife's is at the age of 40. Uh, with my fertility parameters, I could get a fuckload of women pregnant. Yeah, but of course, the, the, the chances that you get your wife pregnant at the age of 40 is, uh, yeah, diminished. Yeah. So it takes time. Where are we? Mm -mm -mm. Steve, will using one tube of Andrek Tim per week for 10 to 15 weeks make my pee grow? Is in your discount code still in use? Yeah, I think it's Vigorous 5, if I remember correctly. Anyway, I just go through my link tree, and I think it links directly to the Andrek Tim you can buy on PCT Mart. Uh, with a discount code, uh, you know, that goes out of stock pretty fast. Uh, I gained about half a centimeter, but, uh, you know, I think I've had periods in my life where, you know, you have a lot of foreplay, and then uh, you basically engorge your penis during the foreplay as well. So uh, I don't think it's anything that I gained uh, over time, but, I, I, you know, I wanted to make that video for you guys because you guys kept act asking about it. Um, I think you can gain something if you do the Andrek Tim Growth Hormone and Cialis Protocol, which I document in that video. Uh, it's worth uh, buying a tube and giving that experiment a try. Yeah, and otherwise there's always penis pumping. Right? There's a LA pump or... Um, uh, what was the other one? I, I, I can't even remember. Ba Bathmate, right? Those two. Right? Go whatever you feel the reviews are the best for and then use a discount code. There's many of them online. And then, uh, you know, start pumping away. Or get a smaller girlfriend. 
That nobody would be penis pumping if the women aren't so fat. I'd say it. I'd fucking say it. But nobody would be penis pumping if the women weren't so fat nowadays. You wouldn't need to pump your penis another three inches because there would not be three inches of fat that you need to get through. So is it is it the men that have small penises or is it the women that have buried their vaginas under layers of chunk? Just don't fuck any fatties. Send a message. <laughs> Send a message. Just stop doing it. No matter how drunk you are, just stop. Just stop fucking them. And then you don't need to pump your dick for anything. All right, where are we? Where are we? Manny, did you have any question? It's just a super sticker. All right, another super sticker. Guys, if there's any questions that I missed, please let me know, because there's many of them. Mm-mm-mm. Mm -mm -mm. Oh yeah, I'll get canceled for sure. And sometimes you gotta you gotta push the buttons a little bit back, you know. People people push my buttons every single day in the comment section or in Reddit or wherever else they talk shit. So you gotta you gotta you gotta stir the pot sometimes. Get these people fired up. Working on typing it now. Oh man, I hope it's not an essay. <laughs> Oh, let's see. I'll be patiently waiting. Evolutionary performance. Steve, the milligrams make me want... Yeah, fatties. Yeah, Trimbalone, right? Yeah. No, JT, you keep spamming. Here here we go. Steve, do you think it's false advertisement that pro bodybuilders... Uh, uh, Derek? Which Derek? You mean uh, uh, Derek Lunsford? Advertised supplements is what they take to grow. Not talking about steroids. Should there be legal implications for this? No, I don't think so. Um, because if pro bodybuilders start talking about steroids, which they don't want to do, then they get themselves into legal ramifications. And pro bodybuilders, first and foremost, they have a duty towards themselves and their wives to provide. Right? Plus, all the advertisement that we do nowadays offers discount codes. So you get a benefit as a customer. You as a customer get to decide and choose where you spend your money, right? So if you feel that a pro bodybuilder or anybody on the platform on social media um, is not being truthful of whatever else they're doing, then you as the customer can decide not to spend your money there and not use their discount codes, right? Or not fuel the algorithm by liking their pictures or whatever. Uh, that being said, why the fuck does Liver King, why the fuck does Michael Hearn, why the fuck do all these guys that say that they're natty um, still have an audience, right? It's not going to make a fucking difference, even if you cast your vote that way by not buying from them. So um, there should not be any legal ramifications if people don't want to talk about steroids. I think blatantly lying about taking steroids is fucking pathetic, especially if you represent the supplement company. Say I'm natural and I got these results because of these supplements. That's fucking pathetic, right? Then you're a scam artist, you're a charlatan, you're a scumbag, you deserve an eye patch. Uh, that's just fucking karma, right? That's how the world works. Um, 
But if you talk about steroids in passing, like jokingly, or you don't want to talk about it at all because it's not good for your social media growth, or you don't want your audience to start doing what you do, which is also understandable um, because you're young and impressionable, right? Then, then you're within your right, right? And then I think it's better not to say that you're on steroids, uh, uh, but also not deny it. Right? You just leave it open for interpretation, then blatantly say that you uh, take, don't take steroids and you're that big because of the supplements, right? And then you as the audience has to cost their vote by not using the discount codes and not interacting with them on social media and not giving them likes or comments or anything else. And then over time, they will slowly disappear. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, I think Derek Lunsford uses all of the Evogen products that he, uh, that he talks about. And he, I don't think he talks about all of the products, only the ones that he takes. So, you know, but that's just a part of the industry. I mean, it's, you have to, take everything with a grain of salt just because Derek Lunsford takes uh, Evogen supplements doesn't mean that he doesn't take something else alongside of that. Right. And, and keep in mind supplements like intra workout, for example, you can't replace that with steroids. <laughs> so, you know, all right, where are we? JT next one. Oh, here it is. Wait, sorry. Let me make sure that I, don't miss this super chat from one guy. One second. Manny, was it? Manny. Did you post it? Okay. Uh, Captivated Gaming. Steve, uh, for white guys, is it safer to use melanotan 2 or tanning bad to tan outside a few times a week? Just uh, regarding kidney stuff, melanotan 2 if on gear. Just regarding kidney stuff. Kidney stuff, the overcount supplement. Um, I mean, I think melanotan 2 can protect you, right? Because you're increasing, um, what is it called? The pigmentation of the skin, which ultimately protects you from radiation of the sun. So, uh, right, tanning outside would be better, obviously, but not too long, right? Probably would be better to tan in the shade. And it depends on the ozone layer and how strong the radiation is. And of course, the tanning bed, you shouldn't do too often. So, uh, use a little bit of melanotan, but not to the point you get nauseous or flushing and tan a little bit in the tanning bed and tan a little bit outside and, and just do a balanced approach. Uh, personally, I don't have time for that and I don't really care about having a tan, so that's why I'm so pasty white. Uh, evolutionary performance. All right, let me answer this one first. Uh, Steve, my loved one had, had hepatitis B for 20 years. She wants to know what supplements can hurt her. Uh, she doesn't have an issue doesn't want to risk it could i email you through help get a list I, i'm not sure which supplements are hepatitis b liver condition approved um again it's a medical condition that i'm not really researching because everything that i research is in the context of performance enhancing drugs and uh hepatitis b isn't related to performance enhancing drugs so uh, again i talk with a, a liver specialist i would say uh or or i go to livertalks.com i'll link it down below Liver talks. No, it's not that calm, but it's uh, it's basically the best index of liver uh, health that you can find. Uh, it's the National Library of Medicine, National Center of Biotechnology Biotechnology Information. It's linked down below. Um, give that one a reach because uh, all the liver health uh, stuff is there. uh 
an episode of if you discuss it with your cardiologist guys i mean what, what else can i say you have an issue with your heart and you're asking some random dude on youtube who's not a cardiologist what answer do you expect I mean, we have enough bad actors in the space who pretend to be doctors, but I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor. So uh, discuss it with your cardiologist, please. Let's see. Ah, here we go. Uh, 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 sprinting stack, you recommended to take before soccer match? uh currently taking one scoop gorilla nitric respawn i don't think you have to take respawn before a soccer match peak atp i wouldn't take before a soccer match because it's a vasodilator it's a pump product uh, it doesn't provide nearly as much energy as the gorilla mode nitric would give you um you know by removing lactic acid and the metabolic waste product uh, so I would I would stay awake from peak ATP. Peak O2 I would take. That helps with oxygenation. 200 milligrams of Biconol I would take. 25 milligrams of Cardarine I would take. SR9009. Um, yeah, maybe. I, I feel that Cardarine is better for endurance than SR9009. Even though it does help with metabolism. And then, of course, uh, what is it called? Uh, you know, circadian rhythm mostly. Uh, I feel my endurance improved a lot, uh, but not my sprinting ability. You mentioned in one of your videos that Gorilla Mind should come out with a sprinting stack. Uh, what would that be? Uh, that was just a joke. <laughs> that was just a joke. Um, yeah, so it's the, your sprinting ability, that's power output. And for power output, you might want to have more of a nootropic edge so that's alpha gpc for example or something that is a slight androgen like anavar right that's also improving your sprinting but it might not be good for your endurance so uh and again if you're over on all the over-the-counter supplements and not real performance enhancing drugs that down regulate your hpta then anavar is probably not a good idea even though there's some scientific evidence that not everybody after 16 to 20 weeks on anavar um has uh, completely down regulated lh and fsh levels um still sprinting speed i would look into the nootropics yeah and instead of respawn i would just do alpha gpc and caffeine that should improve your uh, explosive power i mean there's a lot of scientific evidence that uh, caffeine can improve uh sprints and, and lifting strength and explosive power so that's why i would look first and then maybe some of the other nootropics that i discussed in the uh, entrepreneur nootropic deep dive or axolol stimulants yeah but then again there's so many of them you know so there's there's a multitude of different things you can look into but the what i would take out is the respawn and the peak atp and everything else i would leave in there and then maybe replace the respawn with just good old caffeine amat uh oh we're running out of time let's uh, do no more super chats no more super chats all right Steve, I learned a lot from you, not just in bodybuilding and health and stuff, but also in becoming a better person. Oh, holy shit. $100. Holy crap. Well, uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Ahmad. I'm happy to hear that. Thank you for your generous donation. Um, yeah, I, I try to give back as much as I can. Sorry for sometimes being a little bit out there with my suggestions, but uh, if, if you find it to be beneficial, then... Uh, 
Awesome. And thank you for the donation. That will go a very long way tomorrow because tomorrow is uh, Wi-Fi day. And uh, after YouTube take it, takes their 40% cut, I'm left with 60 bucks, which is more than enough to take my wife out to dinner. So Hamad, uh, tomorrow's dinner for my wife on you. Much appreciated. 100 bucks. Holy shit. Holy moly. Any Indian underground labs uh, name you think are good? That's my list. Uh, Martin, uh, will you feel better sleep effects from higher growth hormone dose immediately this night if you applied one hour before going to bed or you need multiple days to feel it? Uh, I, would, I would feel it right away. If I, if I were to take like two IUs, four IUs of growth hormone right now, um already took it this morning before fast cardio though so <laughs> uh so yeah maybe i should do it again yeah i, I would have some pretty wild dreams if it take like four hours of growth hormone before bed today but i'm i'm on the um i'm on the you know therapeutic dosages only uh, cycle so uh yeah I, I would feel it immediately and if you don't feel it right away that you feel sleepy and sedated and relaxed then uh, send your growth hormone to me and uh, I'll, I'll dispose of it for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. What is this? Lutz, your wife is so lucky. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, but she didn't end up with the wrong guy. Yeah. She, she did. She did pretty okay. Yeah. I, I think she did. I think she did pretty okay. Even though I'm fucking ugly um yeah yeah she did she did okay all right guys uh let's answer a few more questions with no more super chats and then we're gonna wrap it up mm -mm -mm. 100 bucks how is very graceful and very thankful and i'm very thankful too Then I missed that one super chat from uh, Pillow. Oh yeah, you asked about asked about uh, the atrial fibrillation, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. To, you need to talk to a doctor. There's no doctor vigor, Steve. Hmm. Do you believe in Tremblone changing your semen DNA and creating alpha males? Uh, a, a Tremblone, if anything, is the, probably the worst thing in your fertility. Um, you'll be shooting blanks. <laughs> do, do, have you ever seen semen fertility parameters on Tremblone? I don't think so. I don't think so. How to get the biggest balls ever? Bubbles, I have a video on that too. I have a video on, I have a video on everything. HCG, what was the latest? Oh yeah, the, the the cure for tiny nuts was that was that the title? Yeah, the cure for tiny nuts in loads, twenty minutes. I'll link it down below. HCG FSH, my nuts right now are huge. It's like a handful. It's like I can't you can't even get a reach around anymore because there's so much balls in the way. <laughs> 
<laughs> and my loads are like three and a half to four milliliters. Yeah, fun. Um, very messy. It's very messy. Um, so let's see. How do we get the biggest balls ever? Yeah, FSH and uh, HCG and taurine, vitamin E, everything else for your testicles. But watch that video down below. It's got everything. Two coconuts between the legs. Yeah, yeah. So every time I do a doctor's, then uh, then I have to physically lift it. Normally you hold the sides, right? But if you do a doctor's, then literally every if you if I don't lift my entire junk up, then I would squeeze them just together because my doctors are still big and strong. Yeah. Hey, bro, I need to make a call. Weather, la, weather, l a, what? Need to make a call. All right. Whatever, dude. Ryan can't find his balls. You want to go on a... Well, the Easter the Easter is coming uh, soon, right? So you can go on the egg hunt then. And then maybe that comes close. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap it up here, guys. Uh, this was fun. I'll see you guys next weekend. All right? No more baby questions, please. I'll, I'll tell you guys when we're uh, when we pass the the, the the first trimester and then uh, and then I'll give you a vague idea on when we're expecting but not even come close to the actual expectation day because uh, the questions are getting a little bit uh, exhausting and every time I'm reminded how um, yeah how annoying it is that my wife is not pregnant yet so let's leave it here thank you guys so much for watching thanks for all of your generous super chats um that's fucking great tomorrow will be a feast uh, going out to dinner <laughs> absolutely legendary i'll see you guys next weekend enjoy yourself um you know have a good weekend and uh yeah don't misbehave too much don't do anything i wouldn't do in the past or present uh, which means uh, all doors are wide open <laughs> see you guys next time <laughs>